This is Jocko Podcast, number 40, with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. And the last podcast that we did, I went a little long with the book. The book was Brave Men by a guy named Ernie Pyle. And there was just some incredible writing in there that I just went deep with. I read it all. (laughs) And so we had to postpone the Q&A. So that's okay. Gave us some time here to gives us some time here to go a little deep on some Q&A. This is podcast number 40 by the way. 40 weeks straight. Who wants some? 40 <laughs> weeks straight is where we're at. And that's apparently that's the battle rhythm here. We put out podcasts and we do it weekly. And we've been doing it for 40 straight weeks. And I dig that. Yeah, man. It's good. And it's not always easy. <laughs> you know, because if you think about the times, think about the times when you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're not doing anything or when I would normally not be doing anything for 40 weeks, I've been doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading. Yeah. I've been prepping. I've been researching. So 40 weeks is legit. And I'm, I'm stoked that we're at number 40. Me too. And... Now we get to talk about some questions from the interwebs. So thanks to everybody for giving us the uh, awesome questions through Twitter, through Facebook. It's pretty much where they come from, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. I guess I get a couple emails. I get texts too from like some of my some of my buddies in the SEAL teams. They'll hit me up with a question here and there. A lot of times I just respond to them, keep yeah. it real. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I use them. Sure. But anyways, yeah, let's get to it. Let's do it. Okay, Jocko. First question from the vault. And from the vault, I've got a lot of questions. Got a big vault. Got a big vault. And so I was just trying to go through and make sure there wasn't any questions or just reviewing questions that might be good that I missed Mm -hmm. the first time around. So this one right here is from the vault. It's from an old school. It's an old question. Yeah. One that you always intended to maybe revisit. Yes. And here we go revisiting it. Yes. Yeah. Let the revisit begin. Started jujitsu thanks to you. Any tips for complementary exercises, especially for non-athletic civilian? What's the hardest stage of your and what's the hardest stage of your jujitsu journey? Yeah, and that's actually for for that's actually was two questions. I yeah. combined them into one because sure. they're they're kind of uh, similar. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And okay, so jujitsu. One thing that's cool about jujitsu mm-hmm. is it's a it, it it's a very well-rounded physical activity mm-hmm. right you got to have flexibility you got to have strength you got to have endurance you got to be able to recover quickly when from fatigue yes you got to have some agility speed balance coordination proprioception do you know what proprioception is Mm-mm. it's it's knowing where your body is in space sure it's and it's a talent that gymnasts have very well yes yes. um maybe a dancer has very well they know where their body is in space yeah and 
jujitsu demands that you know where your body is at all times. So that's the stuff that you need to work on all this, all those things. Because jujitsu is a unique test of all those things. It's a test of your strength. It's a test of your flexibility. It's a test of your endurance. It's a test of your ability to recover. It's a test of your agility. It's a test of your speed, of your coordination. It's a test of all those things. And so that makes it, that makes it, um, a really good sport to practice, in my opinion. So, uh, what do you need to do? Well, what you need to do, um, to, to train them is you need to train all those things, you know? So, for flexibility, I like, I personally like the mobility wad. I think that's excellent, you know, but you know, get some kind of stretching protocol, uh, gymnastics types move, movements. There's gymnastic bodies, which is a ridiculously good pr- protocol you can go on. It's an internet thing, gymnasticsbodies.com. And what is that, like a workout? Yeah, it's a workout. Like a it's flexibility. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hardcore. It's hardcore. Okay. Um, but that's really good. You know, you'll get your flexibility. You get all kinds of stuff from that. But so you got to be flexible. You got to work on your flexibility. So what are you going to do? Like I said, you're going to do mobility, water, some kind of stretching protocol. So you get limber. You got to work on your strength. So what do you do? Work on strength. Olympic lifting. What is that? Clean and jerk snatches. Uh, that brings in things like cleans by themselves. You know, uh, presses and hang cleans and all that. And then on top of that, for strength, you also have the simple movements, the deadlift, the squat, the front squat, the overhead squat. And also for strength, you can go back to gymnastics again. Mm-hmm. Go back to those gymnastics movements and basic calisthenics. Pull-ups, push-ups, dips, squats, flutter kicks, that whole nine yards. Now you got to have endurance, right? So what do you do for endurance? <laughs> you can see where this is heading. For endurance, what do you got to do? Run, swim, bike, some kind of Metcon. I like the Metcon personally for my for my cardiovascular endurance and recovery and whatnot. You know, so yes, you can you can add running and sprinting into those. You can sprint swimming. You can sprint on a bike. You can use kettlebells. To work your metcom scenario, you can actually use barbells to do metcons. You know, do a bunch of cleans, and you will get tired. Yeah. And uh, and then with that, when you work on your endurance, that thereby improves your recovery. And so that's that's going to help you there. Then you have agility, and for agility, what do you do? Do some sports, some some cross training of sports. I personally like to surf. Um, but you know, it's not just that it's basketball, it's go play soccer, go huck a baseball, whatever. So that you work on your agility, then you get your speed. And I already talked about this. You got your running, your sprinting, the air bike or whatever, the proprioception, the, the gymnastics, the movement type things where you're holding your body in space. So that's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff. And you pile all that together and you got a lot of varied 
varied activity. And what's nice about that is when people talk about getting burnt out, I'm like, I never get burnt out on working out. Mm -hmm. I got 97 different base exercises that I can use. I'm not going to get burned out. Mm -hmm. So, and what's fun is you jump into these challenges like, or, or you find something that's challenging that you can't do and you go, okay, well, I'm going to try and do that. I'm going to see what I can get my weight up to on this. I'm going to see if I can do this movement in gymnastics. I'm going to see if I can do this many pull-ups or whatever. You keep continually varying and, and heading in a different direction. And I think, I think when you combine all those things together and you become a well-rounded athlete, that is what will help you the most with the jiu-jitsu. Well, but I don't think there's one exercise like, hey, this will help you yeah. in jiu-jitsu. Although the clean and jerk is pretty good. Yeah, and any, <laughs> anything with um, like your body weight. So, because like in jujitsu, when you're doing jujitsu, that's mainly what it is. Sure, there are elements where you're you're trying to control someone else's yeah. body weight, but it's mainly what you're doing with your body. So, like when you do, you know, you know, like those, those when you climb up. Like, oh, the pegboard. Yes, yeah, like that kind of stuff. Um, bars, all the gymnastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. As far as like being strong in these weird ways, because that's yeah. essentially what you're going to be doing in yeah. jujitsu, you know. There is, there is though, there is in jujitsu. You're oftentimes you're moving someone else's weight too. Yeah. In in guys that are super explosive, uh, uh, that's a different thing to deal with, and it's yeah. a, it's a good trait to have to be super explosive. Yes, for sure. So that so you combine that with what I, like when you shrimp out in someone, right? Yep. Sure, someone's going to be strong holding you, but when you shrimp, you're pushing your own body weight. That's your own body weight. If sure, sure, you add his own. That's the, You're with the guy. That's just kind of part of the game. But if you can control your own body in these stronger ways, that's going to give like such a big benefit. So, And then to your Olympic lifting, to me, that's, in my opinion, that's a, probably one of the best ones. <laughs> Olympic. And this is why. Not only do you get that little ex- little explosion, uh, explosive um, movements in there, but when you uh, when you put Olympic li- lifting to make up your Metcon, when you do like a clean, like a clean and yeah. press, right? Mm-hmm. You your muscle work is just for a second, and then for a second it's almost kind of relaxed, mm-hmm. and then boom again, and then it's kind of relaxed, and then you hold, and boom, and, and it's just repetitive. That feels and like jujitsu to you. That's kind of what <laughs> jujitsu can be, depending yes. on your game. Yeah, it can of be course, very much you know? that. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you're in shape in that way, where you can go hard, rest for just a, you know a little bit, and then go hard again. If that's kind of if you can do that, if you're in that kind of shape, that's gonna help. So when you do when you do a metcon or circuit training something like that where if you can do the exercise dynamic rest like active rest you know where you where you're walking mm-hmm. or even jogging kind of that's what jujitsu is it's like work and you're because you're never really just laying there yeah, no. you know do that kind of thing and do it in like rounds if if you're into like a ten minute round in jujitsu mm-hmm. and that's really your thing then do your circuit training ten minute rounds you know yeah. it'll like it'll yeah. help it'll get you kind of aware. Of like, okay, I'm this tired. I gotta manage, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Metcon swimming, oh, swimming, bro. If you do swimming sprints, because mm-hmm. it's like your whole body, you know. Especially you, the less, the least, the less comfortable you are in the water, the more those swimming things are gonna <laughs> are gonna be challenging for you. Yeah. But hey, speaking of Olympic lift, you know, do you know Mo Mo Lawal? Yeah. Have you ever trained with him? No. <clears throat> so Mo Lawal, if you, if for those of you listening that don't know who Mo is, he's a uh, Really incredibly good wrestler. He wrestled in college, and and he is a he didn't he didn't make the Olympic teams, 
but he was like in second. He almost made the Olympic team, but he's a big guy, so he's you know like 205 pounds, and uh, he is. He, I think he is the most explosive person I've ever trained with, mm-hmm. and I've trained with some unbelievably, incredibly explosive people. And you'll find that if anybody wrestled on a high, high level, like if they were an if they were a high level college wrestler, there's a likely chance that they're very explosive. But yeah. <laughs> they're very explosive. Very likely, yeah. And Mo is explosive to a crazy level. But the reason that I thought of it when you said Olympic lifts is one time he was just trying to help me with some takedowns and he was the way he was exploding into him and he and he was all fired up. He's like, you know, it's like when you do a clean and jerk, he goes, This right here is is the beginning of it. And he's you could see that he's developing so much explosiveness. The first time I ever trained with him, uh Dean Dean I can never read Dean with with when he sets me to train with somebody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give me a heads up. Like if I were going to tell you if there was like, let's say there was a guy that was a really good wrestler mm-hmm. and I go, I go, hey, Echo, train with this guy over here. Hey, he's a really good wrestler. Mm. And if he's, I might even say, I might even say, hey, man, he's a really good wrestler and he's got a sick guillotine. So you're like thinking about it, right? I'll give you a little heads up. Dean just, just goes, hey, you should train with him, right? That's what Dean does. And so anyways, he did tell me on this occasion, he goes, hey, Moe's coming down. You got to train with him. He's a really sick wrestler. And I go, awesome. I think to myself, oh, cool. You know, I've, I actually, for a guy that didn't wrestle in, in high school, I have decent takedown defense because I've been defending takedowns for a long time. And I utilize jujitsu to defend my takedowns. So Mm -hmm. I'm sprawling and guillotining and going for commuters. I'm doing active, aggressive jujitsu moves to people when they're trying to take me down. So I'm no, I'm I'm not trying to say I have any major skills there, but I'm not a slouch to take down. Mm-hmm. So I figure, hey, I got a good wrestler, cool. And he and he wasn't that experienced in jiu-jitsu, which tells you, okay, cool, right. you know, you're gonna guillotine this guy. This isn't, you know, or you at least have a good chance, or whatever. That's what you're thinking. So, sure. Yeah, I'm thinking that. So I'm, I meet Mo and uh, good dude, you know, or, or going over some moves, and then it's like time to train. And Dean's like, okay, yeah, you you train with him, Jocko. And I go, okay, cool. So, you know, we slap hands and we're doing the – and Mo was getting ready for a fight, but we weren't fighting at all. We were just yeah. – And just to kind of put in context, I mean, you say Mo's a good wrestler. Mo also happens to be the Bellator 205 champ. Or was he the yeah. champ? Or the, He or? wasn't at this time. This was bef- this was like as he was getting into MMA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he okay. was really actually probably sharper in wrestling at this time because he yeah. was coming out of, you know, trying to be on the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. And – yeah, he wrestled. I want to say he wrestled at Oklahoma, but anyways, King Mo is is what he's known King as. Mo King Mo, and so, anyway, so we slap hands. We're getting ready. You know, we, we kind of square off, and I'm I'm you know okay doing my thing. Boom! He he does this takedown to me. <laughs> his his face. His face hits me in the chest. And this is in the less than the blink of an eye. His face hits me in the chest. And his hands, they don't even grab my legs. Mm-hmm. They just tap my legs like a double leg. Blast double. And it's a blast double. And I'm in the air. I mean, <laughs> I mean, his, he knocked me into the air with his face. Bro, that's saying a lot because you're huge. Yeah, he knocked me into the air yeah. with, with his face. I, I, I fall down to the ground. And the funny thing was it was... I, I got back up immediately. Like he didn't even, 
he took me down so fast he couldn't even chase me to the ground because I was already yeah. I was back up really quickly. But that was the fastest takedown that you know that I'd felt. That is probably the fastest takedown. Now we have one more guy. There's a guy coming up right now at the gym. Uh, another sick wrestler. But you know he wrestled. He's a really good wrestler, a sick wrestler, a collegiate wrestler, and all that. Um, Taylor, Taylor, you, oh, yeah. Taylor Johnson. So Taylor is another guy who has mutant strength. He's mm-hmm. he has mutant strength. Un normal. It's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> I was on Taylor, and I was going for like a guillotine or I think I was actually going for a crucifix. So I was, but so for those of you that don't know what this is, Taylor picture, take picture a guy on all fours on the ground and someone else is trying to rip their head off. Okay. So that's Taylor. He's on all fours on the ground and I'm trying to guillotine him, rip his head off with one hand. He, he, he goes up to his knees and lifts me into the air and shot puts me (laughs) through the air onto the ground and is and then gets across side and i started laughing i'm like bro you just shot put me and he didn't even do it from his from his hips like he didn't get the the strength from his hips he got it from his upper torso he didn't use his legs at all there's no legs because he was on his knees and so he just has this massive explosiveness but then then the thing that's really scary about taylor is that He's adapting. He because because just because you're a good wrestler doesn't mean you automatically adapt well to jujitsu. Yep. Some people never adapt really well to jujitsu, and you can okay. see. I mean, in MMA, in the UFC, there's plenty of wrestlers that you look at and you go, "Yeah, that guy never really transitioned into become a comprehensive ground fighter yep. that was as comfortable on the, his back, back as he is on cross side as he is going for submissions." There's some guys that have been extremely successful that never made that transition, but they yeah. stay on top, ground and pound. Taylor, if you watch him roll, you you might not even know he was a wrestler until you roll with him, and then you're yeah. going to feel that you can't move him. But if you just watch him roll, you're like, oh, wow, he's going for you know yeah. advanced jiu-jitsu moves. Yeah. By the way, been training for less than a year. Yeah, very surprising with um, him in regards to that. Like You look at him. If you look at him, you're like, okay, I'm about to roll with this guy, and then you roll with him, you're gonna be like, okay, I'm not surprised at this guy's like, this guy's strong, his balance mm-hmm. is just like, like magical balance kind of thing. Um, so when you look at him, you know, on, on the on the surface, but if you know that he's such an accomplished wrestler, mm-hmm. you would think, given his experience, you'd think, okay, his his jujitsu, or even his like, when he's training his jujitsu. You know, you wouldn't expect it to be that yeah. fluid. Like when I rolled with him, I was like, I thought when you were like, yeah, Taylor's, he's kind of this new guy. You know, you, you, you haven't rolled with him. What you should roll with him because, you know, he, he gives good training. He's yeah. really good. So what I'm thinking is good, but I'm thinking this is going to be real wrestling intensive. Yeah training scenario then he and pulled guard nope. on you no he didn't pull guard yeah. but his whole thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, he, he was pulls in the guard, guard you he know? doesn't he care did, yeah he was like i'm here to train i'm here to you know get good or whatever man and he's and that kind of attitude yep, it gets humble. you so good and he's yeah man it wasn't he wasn't trying to like okay another big guy let me like wrestle yep. this guy he was we were doing straight up jujitsu and and he was he was it was clean it was good yeah he, but anyways he's got that super explosiveness too that's that's mutant level and also his striking. Yeah, is ridiculous. 
And he hasn't been known. He's just a natural athlete because he's been just. Yep. Anyways, so that's him. And we got a bunch of other pipe hitters too. I mean, you got Big Andy, who's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Justin, don't he's, forget about Justin. Jordan just showed up. So we got some got some good training in there. Yeah. <laughs> but back to this deal. So yeah. I was talking to Taylor about, and I go, bro, did you ever like Olympic lift? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I got into CrossFit for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was right before I got into MMA, and I, and I was doing pretty good. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? He's like, oh, I was, I could sna- I was snatching like 300. He, he, I was like, what? Well, and they invited me to the CrossFit games. He so did CrossFit for a month and never snatched before, and all of a sudden he's snatching almost 300 pounds. That's, that's insane. Yeah. So... But that, and that's what it feels like when you roll with somebody that has that kind of explosive strength. It's very, very, it's, it's a very good tool to have. Now there's other, we could go through the entire list of body types, strengths and weaknesses because, you know, you get, you get the lanky people that are strong and wiry like Higgs. You rolled with Higgs before, right? No. Yeah. Higgs is lanky, wiry, skinny. When he puts a triangle on you, it starts to cut into your (laughs) body because he's all, you know, uh, compritos like that. Compritos just like the length. Like you, how can you sweep him when his arm is is basing like four, like like eight feet over there is where he's basing. So you get that kind of body. Then you get the real like the stocky, Mm -hmm. uh, people with no limbs sticking out. Right. You know. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to choke them. So, anyways, we could go through every body style, but and each one of them has a has an advantage. But the thing that's cool about explosiveness is something you can somewhat train, yeah. right? You can somewhat train. Now, you can't – you're not going to be able to naturally get as explosive as Mo Lawal or as Taylor Johnson, mm. but you can get stronger, yeah, yeah. right? You can sure. get stronger. So but, – but the other thing is where can you – defeat them where can you where can you be better than them maybe you can be more flexible than them maybe you can be faster on a scramble maybe you can be heavier and tighter so there's some athletic things that you could try and do try and improve to overcome and negate some of their advantages hard to do you get some people that are mutants yeah yeah dean's big and flexible right dean is big and strong it's shockingly flexible glover is so flexible Mm -hmm. that you know, you have to negate that. And Glover, you know, he loves training with big muscle-bound guys. Yeah. That's his. That's like an easy day for him. That's what he yeah. likes to. You know, that's what that's he. That's the that's the the easiest matchup body style for him is someone that's just super, super strong and muscle-bound. Yeah, and the you get mutants like, and I'd say that's kind that's kind of a good way to, of putting it. Mutant like Taylor, where he has a wrestling background, so he's no stranger to like functioning while he's mm-hmm. tired. You know, mm-hmm. so th- I'd, I'd say if you're big, explosive, strong, or whatever, typically your endurance is not that good. Typically. So if you get all those factors and they're flexible and stuff and they have endurance, there's your bad day right there. If this guy has that. So other than that, if you take one or two different attributes, you can always find it's like rock, paper, scissors. You can always yep. find one that can if you just employ this strategy, it'll give you more of an advantage. And and because I always like to tie this together to leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with leadership and what because people ask me all the time, are, are leaders born or made? Or, you know, can you can you develop a leader? Everybody is born with certain leadership characteristics it's just like a video game where they rank your strength and your intelligence and your agility and all the stuff that we just talked about people have that for their leadership capability as well right are they articulate 
you know, because that's some people are articulate and that is a good advantage to have. Can you read people well? Well, that's another thing that some people are naturally good at. Mm-hmm. Can you simplify things? That's a talent that some people have. Now, yeah. you could go on this list, but what you find is that people, some people are, are gifted and they have really strong leadership uh, characteristics, leadership traits, yeah. and that's great. And then you get some people that don't have those. And so what do you got to do? It's the same thing that I have to do in my jiu-jitsu game. How do you develop those things? How do you become more articulate? How do you simplify things? How do you recognize that you are a person that makes things more complex? And how do you focus on making things simplified? So you just go right down the list. So, yes, you can be born with some natural leadership characteristics. But if you're not born with them, how do you develop them? It's it's usually these things aren't that hard to develop either. Yeah. You know? So when you have weaknesses, identify them, be humble enough to identify them, and then see how you can improve upon them. And although they may never become your staple of your game, either as a leader or a jiu-jitsu player or anything else, they can become, they, they, you, it's not something you have to protect. It's not yeah, something yeah. you have to worry about. Yeah. yeah, you can kind of function in those little regards now. Yes, you, know, you can you become can, functional. Yeah. And and for instance, if you're not the most articulate person, well, number one, you can you can study, you can listen to people speak, you can record yourself speaking, you can video yourself, so you can be practice and become more and more articulate and you can that means, oh guess what? I'm not very articulate, so guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna plan more before I go and brief people. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go through exactly what I'm going to say. I might even rehearse it two times. Then I'm going to sound articulate. So you're going to make up for those right. those problems. And that's all you have to do is figure out how you can how you can make up or how you can get rid of or how you can mitigate some of those weaknesses that you have. The other thing you could do is you surround yourself with somebody that's super articulate. Echo, you're more articulate than me. Cool. I want you to put out the word to the troops. Boom. Done. Mm-hmm. Even though I might be in charge, I'll say, all right, hey, Echo's going to brief this operation or, or Echo's going to brief this strategy and then boom, Mr. Articulate Echo gets up there and does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the best example, but yeah. but that's what you do. That's how you want to – That that's how you, you fill in the holes in your leadership game. Yeah. And the – by the way, you'll never have the ability to do that if you're not humble enough to admit where you have weaknesses yeah. and that they're there. Yeah. Totally true, and and I know you, you you back to the jujitsu real quick. I know you were saying all these things, kind of with it with the given that really the main thing to train is how much you know jujitsu. That's really kind of the main. thing. That is the main thing. Yeah, the number one thing. So that's all. It's like I said, a given because the question is yes. supplemental stuff for yes. sure. Um. So yeah. So let's say these all these little comparisons, like you know the the to me. Aside from knowing jujitsu, that's the the main strength or whatever. If everyone's even, to me, the taller guy has the advantage. That to me, that's the most effective advantage that I've seen. It's interesting that you think that. Yeah, I, I don't think I necessarily agree with you. What a very tall, very lanky guy will have is a body type that that you come across the least. So since you are coming across oh, this right. body type the least, you, get the less training. you have the least training yeah, against least it. Training. And since you have less training against it, you don't know how to react to it. And by the way, they constantly work on their strange body style because you are correct in the fact that the lanky body style is is 
gives you more moves, more unique moves than any other body style. So there's unique yeah. there's more more unique moves that only are utilized or can be utilized yeah. by a tall lanky person yeah. than there are than any other body style. Right. And also you can pretty I mean depend, I'm not saying he's 7 feet tall. I'm saying yeah, like the, the whole 6'1 six, six, up to yeah like 6'1 six, uh, six, six, doesn't do it. S- to me well, six one can do it if the person. Right, that's like lanky. the beginning, yeah, the beginning, of, beginning it, of it. Yeah. But how tall? Like we have stilts appropriately named yeah. at the gym, and he has he's tall and like I think he's six five, but he has really developed the lanky guy style that people right. aren't used to, and it's a challenge for anybody. Yeah, so stilts a good example where, um, in this case, where he's a little bit different because stilts. Has a lanky body style, but he he went pretty he's go he's going pretty hard in that direction where he's actually Absolutely. practicing moves that only he can do Absolutely. kind of thing. Absolutely, so that's what that's exactly the point I'm making. Right, right. So my whereas point, most normal body styles, everybody that's you know five three to you know six zero, oh, they all have pretty much the same moves. Right, right. right? So, you know, yeah. So what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about them. I think I think there's that, but those are the kind of the outliers that I think overall. I mean, everyone plays their strengths in one of way course, or another, but of course. I'm saying just it, all things being equal. So like, let's say all three Gracie brothers, Hodger Gracie, even mm-hmm. these guys who are who are tall. Oh, these are yeah. like six three, six four, six you know five type guys. We'll take Hodger for example. He doesn't really do any kind of crazy. I am tall, so I'm I can only do this. True. You know, he doesn't do that. He yeah. does like you know more. But his like just mount for example, yes. or his armbar setup from the bottom, mm-hmm. or try from the bottom stuff um, is just way harder to deal with because he develops such a good base on top of the fact that physically he's made for such a good base. You know. Yeah. And he and okay and here's the thing about tall guys in general they're not limited to the moves they can do they can do more or less yes. all the moves so like a guy who's five three two fifty or yeah. not five or, we'll yeah, say yeah, five three two twenty yeah, he, he's even, gonna have even hard time. just say five eight sure two two thirty whatever we'll just say that's a stocky buff right. guy. He's gonna have hard time doing triangle chokes sure. on guys his own size yep. in his weight division. He probably, probably can't do him. It. Yeah, that's a tra- a triangle is a, a, it's a major part of the game. Move, yes, you can't do it. Yeah, tall guys <laughs> don't have that problem. They yeah. can do all the moves. They can yep. do chokes, arm bars, whatever, and they can that's do it pretty true. easy. You know, so like I said, that's why I think, and I, and of course the the flexible, tall, lanky guys, they do have that, but I think we all do. I think I'll do what I have like our body style. Yeah. Would give yeah. us special moves. Only we can do. Yeah. Even if you're short in stock, the list of that. moves, the be- list of special moves that I can do with my body style is <laughs> like two. Yeah. Yeah. And the list that stilts can do with his yeah. body style is infinite. Stilts has two things though. He has tall and lanky and he has flexible. And flexible okay. Yes. So yeah. So that's like, he has the double, the yeah, thing, double but really. I think the tall has the most in their bucket. I think they definitely have the most options. Yep. Of moves that other humans can't do. Yeah, but again, the the main thing is to know. The main jiu-jitsu, thing is to know jujitsu you know? for sure. Yeah, for sure. That is the that is the amazing thing. The number. Yeah. And then the, the other part of this question was, what was the hardest stage of your jujitsu journey? <laughs> <laughs> Me, I would say the whole thing, just in completely different ways. Like the yeah. the the first part is like, dang, you get tired way too quick, and Guys who, you know, are way smaller than you, way, you know, whatever than you are, are, are beating you up, you know, and that kind of thing. Beating you up with no factor whatsoever. Yeah. 
and they're like teaching you, hey, this is what you did wrong, and you're sitting there all, but, well, I mean, in my case, I was like 225 when I started, and I'm like sitting there, and this little guy, um, uh, I don't know if you remember George, but he, um, he was a little purple belt that was I was rolling with a lot. He taught me butterfly guard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's teaching me stuff. I'm still sitting there with my big <laughs> muscles, and he's like teaching me stuff. So that can be hard, I guess, um, and getting tired, but I think, and then, yeah, you go up, blue belt. In my particular experience, blue belt was pr- the easiest, I think, hmm. because nothing really was expected of me. Oh, and yeah. Blue belt's a good place to At the hide. same time, <laughs> in a way, some people, it's the most frustrating. Yeah. But yeah. It, if you're like... Right. Blue belt, you're good. In, you're, you're a blue belt, so people know that you know jujitsu a little bit, yeah. but you're not expected to tap anybody. No, yeah. And if you get tapped out by another blue belt or a purple belt or a brown belt or a black belt, it's no big deal. Yeah, you're a blue belt. And even a white belt, taps you and you're like yeah you know that shouldn't happen but yeah, yeah i have so much only. to learn yeah yeah totally and and yeah that you know, and you know how you know when you learn something from the point of not knowing anything and then you start to learn you learn the most quantity wise at the bottom when you start for sure you know so um and that's a philosophical way of putting mm. it's a specific way of putting it i don't know i think there's some stages in the mid levels where you where your mind starts to fill up and you start to be able to really absorb yeah. stuff true big giant things right but in as far as digit it's totally true and that's what i mean by like that's a that's a way of putting it maybe philosophically yeah maybe but it, it's because when you're I mean, quantity wise meaning learning the moves right. in jujitsu right. you know at, at like black belt unless there's these weird special moves that are coming out or whatever you know all the moves you know all this stuff it's now it's about other stuff you got to learn other stuff timing um, yeah you know approaches and all this more like interstitial stuff but from a blue belt you still like there's moves you just don't know as For a sure. blue belt so For sure. so you learn way quicker if you're interested you know so you're like oh i have no answer to this mm-hmm. guard pass i have no answer i'm a blue belt literally no answer to this guard pass Someone can show you, oh, this is how you do it. You just, just block the wrist here. And you're like, oh, I automatically know. So you just learn more so in my yeah. experience. So I didn't think blue belt was very frustrating at all. And I, I didn't spend much time at blue belt. And then when you hit purple belt, that's when the learning frustration hits. Because you're good enough and you kind of have this weird confidence that's developed. Mm. And then you, and you're you're doing so well against all these guys. And it just you just hit that one level up where you can't do nothing against nobody. And you're just there for a long time. <laughs> Because it's almost like you got to switch over to learning different types of things now. Yeah, you got to open your brain up, open your mind up, and open your game up, and you got to yeah. be vulnerable. You're not yeah. going to learn without making yourself vulnerable from time to time. Yeah, and I, you know, and again, there's a good parallel here with learning about leadership. I think it's the same thing. You know, you come into a leadership position for the first time. And it doesn't take long before you're like, okay, I kind of got this. And that's like your blue belt phase where you, you start feeling like, and then the more people you get to command or the senior leadership positions you get put into or the harder situations you get put into, you realize that all you got to continue to exercise your mind. You got to continue to grow. You got to continue to try and absorb new information and try new strategies and tactics and still stick with the fundamentals. Cause that's, that's one thing that, you know, the, the fundamentals of jujitsu, they're fundamentally the same from white belt to black belt. And yet there's, they change, and there's sometimes you break those rules, and they're yeah. nuanced, and it's the same thing with being in a leadership position. The fundamentals don't change, but then how are those how are those fundamental principles nuanced to yeah. handle these different situations? Yeah, that's very challenging. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it's true. And and brown belt to me is more the same as purple belt, but just more like 
refined, you know? So it's it's like less of the frustration, but the frustration becomes like more concentrated. Yeah, you, you know what's crazy for me? And I don't know if this is just, you know, when you remember back in the past, like you forget the bad stuff of the past. Sure. You know what I mean? D- doesn't I mean, everyone do that? Depends on bad, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you I know, know that. Say, that oh, that yeah, when we were in high school, everything was great, right? Or, hey, when we went to college, everything was great. Or, you know, in the SEAL teams, we go, oh, yeah, that deployment was great. We forget about all the hard stuff on a deployment or anyone that was bad or whatever didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Mm. I don't know if it's that, but when I talk about the hardest stage of my jiu-jitsu jury, journey, it's one big blur of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like there's nothing where I think back, no. wow, I was frustrated at this time. No, man, I never had that feeling. I, I go home from the gym every time kind of like, good good day of training, but that was fun. Yeah. Oh, that was cool that I learned this. Or, man, I can't believe I got caught by that guy. He's getting good or whatever. You know, yeah. you just kind of – I don't have like these, these hard stages to me. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a person that really – enjoys it a lot i guess yeah and i th- and i i would say that that's most people i th- I'd say. i think so too. i think i think yeah, i'm the same boat and you know but you use the term frustration yeah, a lot be, well, and, more, and i've actually you know i don't i don't want to bring this out in the public audience but right, i factually have seen you get frustrated from time to time <laughs> well those are like I do micro- have a funny way of getting frustrated well, whatever too. i then i seen the same thing with you when oh you want me to say, okay one time you were rolling with dean and Dean had you you know how like Dean will get ahead of you psychologically oh, yeah, yeah. and he'll be like oh yeah and he'll like be baiting you and laughing Oof, and stuff and yeah. then you, the more he laughs the less you laugh so you're getting really mad and I remember he was doing this thing where you guys stood up and you were like you like like you were just tired of what's going on you were yeah. tired of it and you were turning up the heat and Dean was just like okay and then he like le- he, okay this is what he did he leaned against the wall kind of oh, like yeah. oh you can't take me now I'm against yeah. the wall and you engaged or whatever you guys went down and, and he, he got you again. I think he got you with armbar and I remember it was an armbar because I remember thinking, I don't think I've ever seen Jaco A get tapped out, B with an armbar. I can see like a footlock, someone yeah, like yeah, jumped yeah. and cut, but he got you with an armbar and you were like, ah, you were frustrated. Yeah. Nonetheless, that was like a, what we could call a micro frustration. <laughs> Overall, they're, these are more like little it's challenges. Weird, so, so that frustration though, is it possible for it to be called frustration if it brings me joy? Is it possible? Because even in the depths of like frustration, Mm -hmm. man, I feel good even getting tapped out. Yeah, especially when you can reflect on it. And that's why I think you said – or when you said um, uh, you forget about the bad things, you forget about the bad things in a certain kind of discourse. If you regard that overall discourse as being a good thing, then you'll start to forget the bad thing and vice versa. But I never go home and say – like, oh, man, I can't believe that I couldn't get out of there. I just couldn't do yeah. anything. At least it's – I don't remember. Yeah. Man, yeah. I got I to have that feeling in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah. to be. And really what they are are just the, the challenges that are specific to certain stages. And these are just – these are real general yeah. things that probably apply to, you know, to everybody in one way or another on, the, on those stages. Yeah, and it's the same thing with leadership. Like most of the time – even though I've been in some situations where I was like, man, I didn't do a good job there. I could have done better. Normally I'm not frustrated or I was working for somebody that wasn't letting me do what I wanted to do. And I had more maneuvering to do to get where I needed to be. Yeah. Didn't get frustrated. Enjoy that game. I yeah, enjoy see, that game. Yeah. Micro frustrations. Yeah. Well, They're like micro tears in your muscle. You feel them, but they're all for like benefit yes, for overall they muscle make you growth. Stronger in the yeah, long run. they're not injuries. Exactly. Awesome. Next right. question. Next 
next question. Jocko, you've talked about how getting into, into adversarial relationships is pointless, but people always get into adversarial relationships with me. I've been told I'm scary before, but never understood why. My question is, how do I maneuver on this without acting like a little weakling bitch, for lack of a better term, <laughs> to appear less threatening? Do I just accept that I rub people the wrong way? So this is a question that I'll do my best to answer because it's time for definitely time for some self-awareness here for the individual asking this question. It sounds like you are, you know, a big abrasive person that is aggressive and intimidates people. And I know what it's like to be that person because I could be, I could come across as intimidating. I know that. Um, I can definitely come across as aggressive. I can be aggressive. I am aggressive in many ways. Abrasive, I don't know that that necessarily uh, um, categorizes me because I'm very cautious about not being abrasive because if I'm being abrasive with people, am I building a relationship and am I making any progress? The answer is obviously no. So something, the thing is, when I hear this type of question, I, I think that there's some little bit of insecurity going on here, right? Some little bit of, hey, that's not an insult. Mm-hmm. That's what I sense because everyone's got insecurities. I do. Everybody does. And, but, but the fact that you asked this question, I'm hoping that that means you want to make some kind of improvement, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get better. And, you know, I'm a little worried that you might just be looking for like reinforcement because people think Jocko's big and aggressive. So if I say I'm big and aggressive, I'll, you know, Jocko's oh, just going to say, hey, those people are just scared of you and they don't deserve your mercy. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know what you do? You use your intimidation factor to overrun those people, right? That might be what you're looking for, but you're not going to get that here. And the reason you're not going to get that here is because that's not going to help you. It's not going to help you achieve your goals. And you talk about people being scared of you but the fact likely is is that you're the one that's scared and and you actually said it yourself that you don't want to appear to be weak mm-hmm. you don't want to appear to be a bitch little right bitch. Yep. that is that feeling that's fear that's fear it's fear of looking weak it's fear of looking wrong it's fear of failure and it's fear of vulnerability and those are those are real those are real and if you're you know everybody should be feeling those fears at some level but you have to overcome those fears if you don't then how are you ever going to step up if you're if you're too afraid to be wrong, how are you ever going to answer a question? Mm-hmm. If you're too afraid to look weak, how are you ever going to expose your, any weaknesses? And if you don't expose any weaknesses, well, just build a bunker around yourself and sit in there by yourself. Yeah. So as a leader, we know that up and down the chain of command, you need to develop relationships, right? That's what That's what you're supposed to do. That means you need to communicate with people that means you need to talk and you need to listen and you need to develop trust and one of the best ways to develop trust with other people is by exposing some vulnerability 
by saying, hey, Echo, I'm not quite sure how to do this, or hey, Echo, hey, can you can you help me with this issue I have going on here? I don't know how to solve it. That's ways that you build trust and thereby build relationships. And it's hard to do that because you don't want to look stupid. You don't want to look weak. You don't want to admit you don't know something because you want to be Mr. Strong and know everything. And so you're probably putting up a front, an aggressive front, an abrasive front. It's a wall to keep people intimidated. And then in your mind, you think it's not my fault. It's their fault because they're scared of me. It's their fault because I'm so intimidating. So that is not good. And then you get the, your kind of closing statement. Should you just accept that I rub people the wrong way? You can, you can accept that you rub people the wrong way, but then you might as well accept right then and there that you're never going to be a true leader. That you're never going to build any relationships, that you're never going to inspire anybody, and you're never going to be the leader of a badass, unified, high-performing team. Probably not worth it. And the, the better thing to do is to humble yourself, is to open yourself up to the pain and the discomfort of displaying weakness and error and failure. And open yourself up to try and be nice to other people. <laughs> Instead of being scared of what's going to happen if you expose yourself, go ahead and throw it out there. Yeah. Act pleasant to them so they talk to you without fear and in doing those things you can overcome whatever these insecurities are and I don't know what insecurities you have it could be any number of things maybe you don't think you're as smart as they are maybe you don't think you're as well educated as they are maybe you don't think that they have you have the strategic vision that they have whatever those insecurities are it's all good we all got them no big deal but if you stop hiding them and you own them you will become not only a better leader, but you'll become a better man. So, take a breath and get humble. And take another crack at this gig. Hmm. You know, I think losing your temper is a huge red flag, like I've always said and always will say. If you ever lose your temper, and I'm not saying scream and yell, I'm just saying you're getting mad and displaying that anger. Well, what's really, what's really, um, what's really bad is when people utilize their temper as a tool to scare and intimidate people. So they go, oh man, I don't want to say anything to Jocko on this because he's going to lose his, lose his temper, lose his mind, go crazy. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's, that's me using it as a tool, which is not good. Yeah. Because you're not building any relationships, you're not getting any input from people. You're you're not respected, by the way. Yeah. People might fear you if you have a bad temper, but they don't respect you. Yeah. They're not calling you up and asking you for advice. Yeah. They're not yeah. wanting you to run their their project. Yeah. <laughs> no. And they're not motivated to do good by you when you're not around. 
They are definitely not motivated to do good by you when you're not around. In fact, the only reason they do anything is out of fear. Yep. Whereas if you have a relationship with them, you could leave for six months. And the people that know you and respect you and care about you and have a relationship, they're still busting their ass to do the best they can for you. Yep. Glad when you come back, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like, so the adversarial relationship thing, it, a way to look at it is it kind of takes both you to, to kind of cultivate an adversarial relationship. Goes for any kind of relationship. Well, no, yes and no. Well, okay. So here, um, you you keep being a dick to me. Mm -hmm. We'll say, and if I just keep being nice to you, even though you're being a dick to me, even though we have a job to do, what? Yes, all Mm -hmm. all that, and we're maintaining the integrity of that. um, But I'm keep being nice to you. You keep being a dick to me. I keep being nice to you. After a while, the way that shakes itself out is, I'm be nice. You know, the I next just become the dominator. Yeah. No, no. Well, here's the thing. We're still getting the job done or whatever. But my re- my response to you, if you be a dick to me, is not be a dick back or defend. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's just be nice. Oh, you know. So where are you gonna say it shakes out? As it shakes out, the one guy who's a dick stands out. So everyone's being cool, and when all is said and done, we're just dealing with one guy who's a dick. So if you. If if you cultivate the adversarial relationship, it's like okay, you have this competitive situation. Yeah. Now two Got people, it. you know, are dick. Two guys that are jerks. Yeah, is what you end up with. Yeah, and let's say you were a nice guy to begin with. Don't become a a jerk now. You know. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, and I'm saying that because a lot of times, when, if you're like, hey, people are, cre- uh, are creating adversarial relationships with me. You're gonna play a part in that relationship. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing with this question, and uh, you know, I mean, even the terminology used, which which is, you know, how do I maneuver on this without acting like a little bitch? Yeah, yeah. Literally, so you, you got to figure not not, you know, not the most mature person. So I'm I'm guessing, hey man, you're probably 22, you know, 24, something like that, or you're haven't matured a lot and you're 27, but you're still caught in that in that game. And I think a lot of times, you know, uh, people, when they, when they meet me or they, they learn about me or I show up at their business, they think I'm going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. That's like, we're going to just come in here. And, and it's, it's always, uh, really cool when people go, man, yeah, I didn't think of that. It's, oh, you have this approach that we didn't expect. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and by now most people kind of, you know, at this stage in echelon front and when I show up somewhere, people have listened to podcasts. They know where I'm coming from yeah. now. But, you know, two years ago, you know, they expected this big Sergeant Slaughter type yeah. thing to go whip down. Whip these folks into yeah, shape. Yeah, we're going to whip these people into shape. And and my guess is that the individual that asked this question was kind of thinking he would get some moral support from me. Mm. And I'm trying to give him moral support because I want him to be successful because I want him to go out and, and dominate in the world. But to go out and dominate in the world, you have to be a a chess player, not a checkers player. You gotta you gotta think. You gotta use the relationships. You gotta use indirect warfare to go out there and be blunt force trauma on everybody. It, it'll get you. It'll get you. You know. Uh, it'll get you a a quarter of the way there mm-hmm. if you're lucky. And then it'll it won't get you the rest of the way. So yeah. just just it's no big deal, man. You're you're young. You got some learning to do. That's awesome. I wish I would have been smart enough to ask this question when I was a young, stupid, twenty three year old. Yeah. You got some 
you're thinking, you recognize that you're in a situation. So all you got to do is just uh, just start taking a different approach, a little bit more of an indirect approach, a little bit more of an open mind, a little bit more humility. Don't worry about looking weak. When you the people that are scared to look weak are the people that are weak. Right. The people that are okay being exposed are the people that are strong. Like, I'm totally comfortable in my leadership capabilities. So when I have an issue, I'm like, hey, I don't feel comfortable about this. I'm not worried that somebody's not going to say like, oh, well, we don't think you can handle this. No, no, no. I Actually, I know I can. Yeah. I've been in worse situations. So what do you got? Yeah. So if you're paranoid about looking weak, it means you probably are weak. If you don't care about being looking weak, it probably means that you're coming along. Yep. You're doing pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah. Check. So you don't need a hard shell if you have a hard core, but you need a hard shell if you have a soft core. Yes, that is true. Kind of thing. Yes. Did you just make that up? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not looking yeah. at it like, dang, that was deep. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> thinking that. But yes, but that is a true statement. Up. If you're if you're fundamentally sound on the internal and the meaningful structure of your of your being. Mm-hmm then you can withstand attack. So you don't need to put up a big wall. Right, right. You know, yeah. but if you're fundamentally weak internally and the fundamentals of your of your being are weak, then you need to put up a big pr- wall that. of protection. You, know, you need to go around and bow up to people and you, Yeah, you may even aggressive. need some weapons out there <laughs> to really keep them away, you know? Uh, some you know, guns, yeah. some, some heavies or something. <laughs> nice. All right, good. Next question. Would love to hear tips for moving to wake up earlier. Alarms and not disturbing your spouse, keeping alert throughout the day. You know, when you wake up early, these are yeah, these are things. So tips for managing the implications around making that change to get up earlier while keeping the space or keeping the speed or keeping the peace at home and work and worky. <laughs> did you put that? <laughs> I did, did not put that. Work. He had some. Uh... He either made a typo or he's he's on the inside Legit. with the uh, what that is, is is that's an homage to the um, Portuguese accent. Yes, Brazil. Well, no, it's it's a homage to the fake Portuguese accent. No, it's the real one. Worky. Yeah. yeah well, anything adding like e at yeah. the end, like it'll come out. Oh yeah. 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 It can be exaggerated though by certain people. Right, right. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so so how to wake up in the morning? Number one, let's let's talk about uh, one important piece. Of this: How do you do it without disturbing the spouse? Because mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to make the spouse angry. No adversarial relationships with the spouse. No, at no, four thirty. No, yeah. not at four thirty. So one of the things, real real easy one, out of the gate, get an escalating alarm. So what that means is it starts off quiet. Sure. And it gets louder. It gets mm-hmm. progressively louder. Mm-hmm. I am a much lighter sleeper than my wife. So this is not that big of a deal to me. And I can't answer. I've, I've, I've slept with roommates that wanted to sleep, you know, like in the military, you know, you got, you got bunked together or whatever. So I've dealt with this a little bit, but it's really no factor. Get an escalating alarm. And then when that thing goes off, um, you, you wake up before it gets too loud to wake mm-hmm. your spouse. It should be on your side of the bed so yeah. you can make it happen. Or you can pick a song that starts off nice and mellow and that kind of builds. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, for this particular reason, I used to have, um, there's a band called The Sword. Sure, and The Sword. They, and they have a song called Iron Swan. <laughs> and it starts <laughs> off nice and mellow. Mm-hmm. 
if you don't get up in time, it's coming. So you got to. <laughs> so it's like a kind of like a game within the game right there. Where you got to beat the clock, too. Yes, yes, you, know? you got to beat the clock. You got to get up and turn that thing, because otherwise it's an <laughs> and 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 then you're too late. What is it, Black Swan? No, Iron Swan. Iron Swan. It's the sword. This, by the sword, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's there's times in my life where I will put like the ultimate shocker of a tune in my um playlist in my playlist that. If I need to get up and I need to get up and get on it, like there's a song called Repeat Process by 100 Demons. <laughs> that song will get you out of bed. It will get you out of bed. When it kicks in, it just comes. It comes. It's like it's like getting it's it's like an explosion happens in your room. There you go. And it's a great song by a great band. But anyways, so if but in this case, you don't want to go with 100 Demons. No. You don't want to go with Repeat Process. Mm-hmm. You want to go with the sword, iron swan, or an escalating alarm. Now, once you do that, you gotta have the gear pre-staged. The gear has the morning gear has to be pre-staged. So, so we're not in the dressing. We're not pulling open drawers. uh, We're not flipping on lights. We're not searching for stuff. No, we get up. We walk out of the room. Yeah, quietly, stealth mode. Then you get to either the bathroom. Now, if you have the bathroom en suite. Maybe you have some stuff staged in the other bathroom in the house. So you just walk right out of the room, shut the door, and you're good. You made your escape. Yep. You know, oh, and I'll tell you another thing. Little heads up. Make sure that you set off your secondary. I mean, that you turn off your secondary and your tertiary alarms. So if you're like me and you sleep with multiple alarm clocks, if you leave, because they go off sequentially, right? You know, you got your first one, iPhone. Then you got your second one, battery powered. Then you got your third one, wind up. The wind up is the gnarly last one with the right, right. If right. you leave that thing, if you forget to shut that thing off before you walk out, you can hear about it. <laughs> you can hear about because now when it goes off, it's a startler because it doesn't go off. I mean, most you know, fifty percent of the time I'm up before the alarms. But but if you leave that one on there, it's a startler, and then then your your spouse is waking up in a panic mode because <laughs> yeah. now they don't know where it is. <laughs> There's effort; they're being attacked. It's 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 a gnarly situation. So shut off the secondary and tertiary alarms, and then get out of the room. And then you know maybe you even have your toothbrush and your toothpaste staged in another in the another bathroom or in the kitchen or whatever. Got your workout gears not in a drawer. By the bed where you're pulling that open, making that racket. No, you just get up and you you leave. Mm. So then, um, that's that's how you do it. That's how I do it. And again, I have an advantage because my wife is a pretty heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets mad that when I come home from a trip at late at night, I do some unpacking in mm-hmm. the night. That can be a little frustrating for her. But anyways, that's what you do. Now, the next piece of this question was for alertness throughout the day what do you do to stay alert throughout the day i think one of the things you gotta do is check your diet Mm. right check the diet make sure in my opinion make sure you're not ingesting a ton of carbohydrates because those are going to make you tired they're going to make you excited or make you fired up for about 20 minutes i don't know haven't had them in a long time 20 minutes before you eat them like right when you actually, that's really what they're for. Yeah, yeah. Or kind of like, Instant energy. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and they put you to sleep. So when when you when you eat it, it's basically the, the really basic sequence is I'm gonna do some output. 
you know, in the wild, I'm going to go hunting, I'm gonna, whatever, you know, I'm going to gather, whatever, mm-hmm. do some output that expended some energy. I'm going to need some energy and I'm going to need some rest. When you get the, the, the energy, mm-hmm. carbohydrates, food, in any way, serotonin, all these other chemicals that induce you to go rest. That's the sequence. That's the well, process. Don't forget about insulin. Yeah. Because the insulin also put makes away you. The, yeah. the insulin's going to make you tired too. So check your right. diet. Yeah. Check your diet. And I just had a guy on Twitter. Oh, man. He's he's like, hey, man, I'm tired during the day. I'm dragging. And I was like, well, we'll check your diet. And he's like, well, I think it's okay. I'm drinking a lot of energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not good. The energy drinks are addictive. Yeah. They're tasty. They're addictive. And they're they're filled with sugar most of the time. <laughs> so you're going to get a, a major sugar rush, and then you're going to crash. So you got to be careful of that. Also, you don't want to be on on the crazy amount of caffeine all right. day, and that's going to mess up your system as well. It does the same thing as the the sugar the the caffeine rush and then the crash. That's that's the same that's thing. What, oh yeah, that's, even more than sugar. Yeah, and and well, I'll tell you right now. People ask me all the time, and they're surprised that I work out without caffeine in the morning. But I, I'm telling you, give it a try. Yeah. Because it'll be harder. Maybe it's harder for you to get out of bed. Maybe it's harder for you to, to get ready. Maybe it's harder for you to get into the gym with no caffeine. And maybe it's harder for you to start your workout with no caffeine. But once you start the workout, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. I, and if it is, good. Make your workout harder. You know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So don't become addicted to the caffeine and that's going to be because that can get problematic. And then um, power nap. Talked about this before. If you need to, you take a little power nap. You take six to eight minutes. You set your alarm clock. You elevate your feet above your heart. You lay down and you black out. If you're really tired, you six to eight minutes. You feel like you feel like a rock star after one of those. Yep. Agree. And another thing you can do if you're tired during the day, no big deal. Just find a little corner somewhere. Go bang some push-ups out. Go bang out oh. 10 burpees. Yeah, yeah. Get the blood flowing Just back. get the blood flowing. Yeah. There's no way. It's, it's, it's physiologically impossible to do burpees and, and remain tired. <laughs> Whatever burpees you can tell you, you, since you turned into a physiology major over here tonight... If you want to tell me what that does physiologically, I don't know, but I do know this. If you <laughs> knock out 10 burpees, it's yeah. a small pres- small prescription, you will not be tired for at least a half an hour. Yep. You're not going to be 10 burpees and then feel tired. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. I can tell you why physiologically. Endorphins get released? <laughs> Other stuff. Adrenaline. Like when you know you're going to do physical activity, when you know it, you have it. I'm not saying a huge adrenaline rush. Just a little, but a little You dump. get an adrenaline rush, yeah. A little bit. It's still going. It's part of it. So that's those are some tips, I guess, for alertness throughout the day uh, that I use. Yeah, there you go. And for getting out of bed early in the morning. Hey, and by the way, go to bed earlier at night. Yeah. Go to bed earlier at night. I go to bed like usually around 11. Um, I don't recommend that. I don't re- recommend going to bed at 11 and getting up at 4.30. No, I don't recommend that. I recommend going to bed when you get tired. Mm. Shut your computer off. Stop looking at the interwebs. Yeah. And... Go to sleep. Yeah. You know what? Go read an actual book because that make you tired. Yeah, that will make you tired. That's like the opposite of burpees. <laughs> <laughs> go read. Go yeah. read a book. You know, and just yeah. sit there, and you will get more tired. Yeah, 
Unless it's like a real exciting or interesting book. Yeah. Whoa, I want to yeah. read some more. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Don't read Blood Meridian before you go to bed. <laughs> yeah. But, and you're, because you're a fast sleeper. Fast sleeper. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that thing. Or you don't need that much sleep. But yeah. 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 The no sleep thing, that'll get you so quick. It'll promptly put you into a crash the next day. Yeah. I don't know, bro. You can power through. Well, I don't know. I, if I can go the next, man, I've, even when you had the, the latest, Little baby. Yeah. You came in here on a couple hours sleep. Yeah. You're like rolled in here, ready to record. You sat here. You got after it. Yeah. It's true. And there's all these different little things. Doesn't that make you you realize? Yeah. (laughs) It makes you realize how much more you can do. I think a lot of people. Absolutely. It's like this. And I don't want to go into this full subject right now. Mm -hmm. But the other day I did a 72 hour fast. Right. No food for 72 hours. And there's a bunch of reasons we could talk about it. Maybe we'll do it on a later podcast. I will say this though. One small thing. If you go 72 hours without eating, it recalibrates your hunger meter. Because we we just think, oh, I haven't had a, a donut in two hours. I'm starving. Right. Like, no, you're not starving. You, yeah. You're not even hungry. You're not even close to hungry. So recalibrate that thing. Do a fast. Even if you just don't eat for 24 hours, you realize that most of your hunger signals that are coming to your brain are lies. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're lies like, oh, don't eat, but I'm saying you don't need to eat. And how liberating is it? I was I was having so much fun. I was I was on this fast, and, and I'm just like, don't even need food. I don't need food. I don't need to eat. That, that's the ultimate control, right? Yeah. What? I don't need food. Yeah. Food is food is for food is if you're weak. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? I it's that, that type yeah. of you get that mentality going, and then guess what? Now you go on a travel day. And you go, oh, man, I'm going to be in the airport all day today, and I don't know what I'm going to eat. Don't eat anything. Yep, you're capable. You're you totally capable. You can go yep. 72 hours. As a matter of fact, you can go like 30 days without food. So going three days is not that big of a deal. It's not even that big of a deal. Yeah. I did When I just did this 72-hour fast, it was just not like I did everything normal. I went to jiu-jitsu. I, I did, worked out. I did squats. I did pull-ups. Everything was normal. Mm-hmm. Everything was normal. It's not that big, crazy deal. Just we just get so accustomed to to just feeding the machine all the time, and you gotta have a you know you gotta have a meal every six hours, and it's so at our fingertips. Yeah, it's so, but it's also you. This is what I realize: it's so inconvenient to have to eat all the time. <laughs> I know, man. That's, you know, yeah, that's whack. You're right. So it's kind of nice to just eat, you know, once a day. Just have a, put a big old steak on and get after it. Yeah, I mean, and again, I hate. There's all kinds of people. I, there's people that know. This is this is one of the reasons I don't like talking about. This particular topic um, is because there's, there's a lot of people that like study this and know a bunch about this and they'll pull all these facts. So <laughs> ma- if I go and do the research, yeah. well, I know the facts too, but I don't, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and quote them, right? I don't have the in-depth knowledge that Peter Atia has yeah. on fasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Dom D'Agostino. Those guys, they're PH, they're doctors. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> that was and another thing people you know what did you do to prepare for your fast I was like uh, I didn't eat <laughs> Live, yeah. yeah I was I was with Leif and we were on a trip and we had like a lunch mm-hmm. and then we did a gig that night and I don't like to eat before I do a gig and then after that we stayed up a little bit and did some work and then woke up in the morning had an early flight and then I came home and I wanted to train so I worked out and then I got done with that and I went and did something else and the next thing I knew it was 24 hours I like ah you know what and the next day I didn't feel too hungry so I said, you know, and just held on so it wasn't yeah. no preparation just got after it again people don't do this this is anecdotal check with a physician or whatever you gotta do don't yeah. listen to me 
yeah as far as like a recommendation you should do because you know you are different and 72 hour fast okay, i dig it man but i think really kind of the point that you're making or one of them anyway i think is absolutely true so you're you know a lot of it is like habitual hunger but it goes beyond just like psychological habitual it's like physiological it's like okay i'm used to getting food every four hours so when the four hour mark comes around physiologically your your stomach's gonna be like where's my food your mouth's gonna be where's my food and then after a while if you're like hey you don't get food this time. Your mm-hmm. stomach's going, okay, sometimes we don't get food. Yeah. So let's kind of act right, you know, and then when the food comes, okay, we'll do that when that happens. The recalibration is real though because then after I started eating again and then the next day I go, oh, I'm, I'm feeling hungry. I'm going to eat something. I go, I'm actually not hungry. So why am I eating? Why am I eating if I'm not hungry? Mm, yeah. That, it's, that it's my mind is controlling me when I should be controlling my mind. Yeah. You, you know? So, and that's another thing where um, you're, you're, uh, there's nothing new, right? Your mind is so strong or whatever. So you can trick yourself, and this goes for sleep too. So if you think that you got nine hours of sleep, <laughs> you'll be way less tired than, okay, let's say two people, exact people, they're identical twins, right? Identical life experience, whatever. One guy believes the next morning, okay, they both got eight hours sleep. One guy believes he only got four hours sleep, and one guy believes he got 10 hours sleep. Typical placebo scenario. Yeah, yeah but that's how your mind, Placebo-like. it knows. Like, basically, it's your mind accommodating what it thinks the stimulus yeah. is. So, so the other twin, the four-hour sleep believer, he's going to be way more tired. And he's going to be like, dang, where's that nap I was looking for and I need or whatever. The other so guy, imagine if you woke up every day and you were like, I only got four hours of sleep and I'm going to crush today. Exactly right. I, I actually believe I work better on less sleep. How you like well, them apples? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's re- that's what was going to be my point there where you're like, you I've say, told you, I've told you that before. Yeah. I've, t- I've, so, so I've told echo before that when we're getting ready to record the podcast, the day before I record the podcast that night, I like to sleep less like four hours because I feel like it sharpens. I'll tell you what, to, to be quite honest, what I, what I think it does, it, it brings it, it brings my emotions a little closer to the surface. So like you feel like we're, I'm kind of under attack. So I better wait, like, I better like, Harden up right now. I better like get my troops no, it's ready. No, not that. It's like oh, no. This is what it is. I can get more. Like when I'm reading something, I'm more focused on it. I'm more into it. Like actively. Like, yeah, because I think when I'm well rested, I'm like a, like a like rock solid, right? I'm just like, Burr. oh yeah. When I the, when I'm a little when I sleep less, I'm a little bit more exposed. I'm a little bit more vulnerable, right? Mm. Mentally, right. And I need that, right? Right. Yeah, because otherwise, I, mean. I just become very um, um, detached. I become very detached, yeah. and it's and it's you know. So I want it when I come in here. I want to be on the. I want to be on the fringe a little bit. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, that's what I, I want to be exposed. I want to be walking in here, being like, man, this is going to be. This is an intense. This thing. is not a walk in the park today. No, this is going to be hard. So let me. So get I want. Yes, I want to be stressed a little bit when yes. I come in here. Yeah, yeah, man, I can dig it. And I feel. I always feel that way. Like like it's the same thing in jujitsu. I feel better when I'm stressed and when I'm a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more stressed, a little bit more tension, a little bit more pressure on myself. I want to be there. Yeah, makes I don't sense. want to be there all the time. And I'll tell you what. Just so everybody knows, there's some days where I'm tired. Hmm. When I'm just tired and I just, sometimes I just need a power nap so bad. I'm like, God, I'm, gonna, I'm literally falling asleep, you know, and I hate that. That's yeah. a horrible feeling. But you you know what? Elevate your feet. 
Set an alarm clock for eight minutes. Boom. You're you going to go. wake up feeling like Superman. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when people hit themselves before they go lift because it wages You mean they like, like slap themselves? You know, yeah. yeah, for sure. So it, on the surface, it looks like, oh, he's getting fired up. But yeah, why is he getting fired up for the exact same reason that you're talking about? Because if it's like, boom, boom like I'm getting these things where I got to kind of bounce back from, mm. right? I'm under attack. Hey, so you're I getting gotta, a legitimate gotta be, adrenaline rush too. Right. So physiologically, it's the same exact sequence right there. But you're just doing it consciously. And instead of slaps, it's lack of sleep. Yes. <laughs> or what have you. There right. you go. That's um the answer. And everyone that's going to attack me on social media for not sleeping, not eating, and all that... Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, sorry. That's, I don't know. That's all you. I don't know what to tell you. Do it. Hey, Chuckle. I appreciate your advice. I know I should. I do know I should sleep more. I do know I should eat, you know, better. I'm sorry. But what does that mean, even mean? I don't should. Even know. Should. I don't the know. word should. What does that even mean? You should. It's. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other. Hey, Chuckle. Don't be you anymore. Well, that's true. Hey, be different than you. That's what that. Well, I actually, actually, the point out. What I was gonna say. Earlier is just like what you're saying. The like, you're not citing all this science and making claims about like what, how this is going to benefit yeah. you or nothing like that. That's not what you're doing. It's it is anecdotal, and I think the point is that if you push yourself through certain situations and you prove it to yourself that you can function just fine with I don't know five hours sleep rather than eight one or two times or or whatever mm-hmm. or however many, you know that you can do that. Like you know we talked about this before where you get kind of dependent on certain things. And then totally. to the point where you believe that you can't function without it, whether it be sleep, whether it be um, coffee in the morning, w- w- you know, whatever, or, or eating every four hours. Like when I was really into like weightlifting and, and, and bodybuilding type stuff, I remember thinking, man, I got to I got to hurry up and eat. It's four hours or whatever. And then kind of later on in life, man, I've got like I haven't eaten yet today and it's late in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. You're not. I'm not losing my gains. Yeah, whatever gains, but gains, game, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So once you prove it to yourself, it's like if you stay up all night when you have work the next day, and stay, you do and it. you do your work. You, when you go to bed, you can be like, hey, if I had to, I could do that again. That is another thing that I enjoy about pushing those envelopes. Is it feels really good to go to bed when you've been awake for a long time. It feels really good to eat a meal once you haven't eaten for for a while. You you appreciate it more. Yeah, that's I mean, good. I, that's true, but that's kind of a psycho way of of, of invoking appreciation. You know, <laughs> okay. In my opinion. Understood. Next question. Oh, back to the Iron Swan. That's it. Yeah. That's the song. Yes. Just a reminder. Give it, give it a try. You know, the sword. The sword. Next question. What's the best way to handle awful random people? Say a bunch of intimidating thugs on a bus or a violent, scary, drunk person. Well, and there's even more awful random people out there that you might need to look out for. I think this is a, you know, obviously you got people that are pointed criminals that are coming after you. You got terrorists that might be coming after you or just trying to do random acts of mass violence. So those are those are a particular type. I think that this is a question directed for more of of something that could easily happen yeah, to people, random, right? Yeah. Random people that are being jerks or thugs or people that are drunk or high or whatever else. Okay, so obviously, what do we want to do? We want to be prepared. So 
to start with, you want to be in really good physical condition. So that means you want to work out. You want to be ready to handle yourself physically. Um, you want to know how to fight. That means you need to train jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling. You, if you're in a high crime area or you're in a high threat area and you think this stuff is really going to happen out there, then guess what? You need to get a firearm. You need to learn how to shoot a firearm. You need to train with the firearm. You need to understand the ramifications of utilizing a firearm, and then you need to carry it so you can protect yourself. And those same things go if you decide you're going to carry any kind of weapon, whether it's pepper spray or a mace or an asp or a knife, anything that you're going to carry, you better know what you're doing. You need to prepare with it. So that's what you need to do to be prepared, okay? That's that, that's what, and, and, and you know, I've said this before. I said it on the Sam Harris podcast. If you, you, if you do these things, if you work on your physical condition, if you work on your fighting, if you work on your shooting, if you work on your, your weapon skills, and you never have to use them, great. I, I will still say it has not been wasted time. It has been time that has made you a better person. It's imposed discipline on you. It's gotten you better physical conditioning. It's just good for you. Mm-hmm. So regardless, you should be training in these type of situations. Now, once you get to this type of situation, first of all, how did you get there? Because we need to have situational awareness, right? How are you not paying attention to what's going on around you? You need to pay attention to what's going on around you. And then you watch for these scenarios that could unfold and you avoid them, period. So so how are you getting stuck on a bus with a bunch of maniacs, right? There's something. When they got on, you got off. That's real simple, right? Or you go to get on and you see these knuckleheads, you walk right back off. I mean, that's that's pretty easy to handle. Oh, there's a bunch of knuckleheads walking down the street towards you? Cool. Cross the street, walk down the other side. Situational awareness. Oh, you hear them coming up behind you? Cool. Step off. Cross the street. Avoid. We want to be have situational awareness. That's going to solve, that should solve 99% of your problems. Agree. Is being aware of your surroundings, understanding your situation, planning. What about just simple planning? Like where are you going? When are you going to come home? You know, if you took a subway into the city at night and you know you're going to be coming home late at night and you're alone, and you are suspect of what's happening, maybe you get an Uber instead of riding the subway. It's just planning that comes into play as well to avoid these situations. Now, if you do get caught in these situations, here's a couple recommendations. Okay, Uh, my number one is to kind of do your best to detach from from the scenario right so you got let's say you're on a a bus and there's a bunch of people acting crazy and they jumped on right after you got on and you couldn't get off in time so now you're on the bus with them i want you to detach from them so that means you're not looking at them you're not staring at them you're not being all intimidated you want to just detach just do what you would normally do you know everyone carries a phone these days break out your phone start looking at your phone pull out your paper start looking at your paper study if you don't have either one of those two you know look outside look at the passing just just don't enter their world don't become a part of their thing that they have going on because what they want you to do is they want you to make eye contact yeah, what they want you to do is glance over at them what they want you to do is enter their world because yeah. a lot of times these knuckleheads that 
they're in their own world and you actually have to penetrate their world if you want to get in there. So what you want, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to remain, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cower though. There's a difference. Okay. Cause if you give the impression of you're just like cowering and scared, well then there, that's, that's entering their world yep, they're and they're going to, they're going to recognize that. Yep. But if you're just, Hey, sitting here, just doing what you'd normally do. And it's not a big deal. You do this all the time. You don't care about them. Don't care about me. Leave me alone. That's, that's, where I'm going now if for whatever reason I make some kind of eye contact right now I made the eye contact I've entered their world I'm going to go ahead and give them just a little head nod you know just a little right, right. just a little regular head nod like I would do with you anyway, if I yeah. saw you on the street hey yeah. you know just a little respectful little head nod and then I'm going to go right back to what I was doing I'm going to go right back out of their world I acknowledge their world I'm not going to give a bunch of I'm not going to look scared but I'm not going to look aggressive I'm just going to be respectful hey, yeah. little head nod you know hope you're having a good night it's good. Um, and then go go back to your business. Again, I just want to detach from them. That's my attitude is I want to detach from them. And this avoids them saying, you know, like if they're looking at you and you don't look back or or they're just like bearing down on you. Hey, what are you, you know, hey, why aren't you, why are you ignoring right. me or whatever? Yeah. Are you too cool for me or something like yeah. that? So sometimes you get, you know, look, little head nod. It's all good. Um, if. If now, if they do start now, see, I'm escalating this. So yeah. they're escalating this. So now if they do start to escalate this thing in like, like, you know, what are you looking at? Or one of those things, it's just, again, what you're trying to do is you're trying to deescalate without being appearing vulnerable, you know? So maybe it's just, you know, Hey, no issue here. You know, just something simple like that. No, I'm good. Um, like, wh- what are you doing? Uh, just riding the bus home. You know what I mean? Just real matter of fact. Just didn't go try and get back. You know, you might want to just even try and 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 connect a little connection instead of I'm trying to go home because that might piss some people off because they don't have a home or their home is a bad place. So what might be better than saying that is, you know, I just got done with work. Now you're just a working man, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, you might be dealing with someone that doesn't have a job or lost their job. <laughs> right. So I'm saying you're, you're not going to come up with a great. But my point here is just you're just going to try and make simple non-confrontational statements that don't give them anything to grab onto because that's what they want they want something they they just want something to grab onto you know uh that's what they're looking for so you don't want to let that happen now things can still continue to escalate (laughs) you know you get someone that's determined to be a, a a jerk or determined to be hostile or determined to be aggressive now i'll tell you that if you train and you work out and you do jujitsu and you have skills, people know it. People, people that are belligerents generally can tell. Mm-hmm. Even in a drunken state, when you square off with someone or you look at someone and they have an attitude of like, "Look, I, I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good." You want to fight? I'm here. Not saying that, but just a look, right, right. and people yep. can tell. Yeah. If they're real troublemakers, they can tell. Now, sometimes that's not a good thing because that means they're going to do the challenge, you know. <laughs> so you got to watch out for that. So I think that that's right. Even though on the internet it might tell a 
it might seem like it's telling a different story. You know, it's like, oh, guy confronts the wrong guy. You know, guy, street thug confronts jujitsu master or something. Yep. And then it shows that they actually fought. So yep. it kind of seems like, oh, no, they don't know, obviously, out there. No, they, but that's <clears throat> rare, man. And that's why it makes the Internet. Yeah. So it's rare. Typically, yeah. And this is no guarantee. But right, I'm just right, saying, I could tell, even before I started doing jujitsu, yep. I could tell if somebody was ready to rumble. I have acted like I was second. ready to rumble, no fight training, to a guy who was belligerent to me directly. Right. Um, Terry was there. We were working. And all I did was act like I knew. Yeah. I didn't know, by the way. Mm-hmm. Act like I knew. And in front of everybody, I was like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, man. It's my bad. There it guy is. belligerent. A little bit bigger than me, too. And yep. he, he just said it. But I was ready to... <laughs> I was ready to do the best fighting I could because yeah, yeah. it was it was kind of go time at that point. Yeah. He was like, you know the kind of guy where he's talking, he's like, yeah, man, I'm from Chicago. And he's like rubbing against me in my face kind of. Mm-hmm. Not like I want to fight you, but just like like, a, like almost like a dog would, you know, mm-hmm. just and rubbing against me. And then whatever, you know, I, I made like, okay, we're about to fight. Took on my jacket like, real quick or whatever. And um, and I was like, all right, mm-hmm. like just go, just like how you're saying though, mm-hmm. just real matter of fact, real calm, real matter you know, of fact, yeah. like you do this all the time. Yep. And and the thing, I understand that it is on right now. Mm-hmm. Understand. And then the guy, and he, surprisingly, it's was not like, surprising. Hey, hey, my bad, my bad, bro, my bad, my bad. In front of everybody though, it's not surprising because people that act like that are are weak and they're insecure and they're acting on that. And so when somebody stands up to them, and they look at them and think. This guy might actually know how to fight. Yeah. And then that's what happens. And by the way, when you do train all the time, you do know how to exactly. fight. And then it is matter of fact. Oh, You're yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight you. Yeah, hold on. That's the uh, best feeling yeah. in the world. It's, the it's, it's a good feeling to know that you can handle yourself. Yep. Now, okay, so now this this continues to escalate. And, you know, you just try and keep your distance from people. You don't want to let them get close. You don't know they got a knife. You don't know what kind of disease they got. You just want to keep away from them. Yeah. But eventually, you might not be able to back up anymore. You might not be able to keep any distance. Um, watch their hands. Keep as much distance as you can. Eventually, you got to put your hands up in kind of a non-confrontational way to protect your face, mm-hmm. to protect the sucker punch that's coming. Um, you know, you put your hands up just in a non-confrontational way, up up around your head, and continue to de-escalate. Hey, man, I'm not here. Don't don't want to have any problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not looking for an issue. I don't know what your issue is, but I don't have any issue with you. I'm just trying to head home from work. You know, mm-hmm. one of those things. And finally, if you get to a point where you have no choice, well, then you utilize the skills that you have. You hit hard, hit fast. You don't stop hiding until the threat is neutralized. And then you get away. And that's yeah. in order to be able to do that, you know, go to step one. Prepare. Prepare. Yeah, that's um, you're a... Uh... The ninety-nine percent of situations will be avoided if you're just aware. Most important oh, thing, man. That's, most important thing. Yeah, that's a huge deal. So true. Yeah, we would much rather have you do that because any of these situations, I could go out. I'm pretty well prepared for anything. I could go out tonight and have some guy square off with me, and as I'm getting ready to fight him, his buddy cracks me in the head with a with a bottle and kills me. Yeah. That could happen tonight. Yeah. You know, that could happen at a restaurant tonight. That could happen. Yeah. So what am I going to try and do? I'm going to try to avoid it. The minute you square off with somebody, you're now you're now a, a target for all his friends. By the way, I've been in some bar fights where the idiot that is being belligerent doesn't have the common sense or doesn't have the sense that he's surrounded. Yeah, yeah. 
See, by yeah. you know by my friends. Yeah. And you're just thinking you don't even you're doomed. Yeah. So, luckily, the guys that I hang out with are pretty honorable people that aren't just gonna you know crush somebody's skull. But you don't always get. That's no guarantee. That's no guarantee. There's murders every day in America, yeah, and they're not planned. All of them. Seldom are they planned. This guy on uh, Facebook, I want to say, um, I, I think I always get confused with the name because like a lot of people will be like, "Hey, Echoes," you know, and ask me questions mm-hmm. in in regards to this podcast. So. As opposed to be... the other podcast? <laughs> oh, this podcast. <laughs> but oh, I don't yeah, want to yeah. be like, okay, he asked me, but no, it was, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so a guy um, asked me, like, the scenario was he was at a, at a bar or party or something, mm-hmm. and um, and guys were being disrespectful to him and his wife mm-hmm. or girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I know the high road. I know the right thing to do, quote unquote, is to, 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 to be done with it. You know, to leave the situation. But when you leave, you feel like a little, you know, like you wussed out. Mm-hmm. And that's a really powerful feeling that you don't want. So, like, what do you do, man? How do you just, how do you reconcile it? Or should I fight? Or under certain circumstances, should I just fight for the honor kind of thing? Like, what's the thing? And so I've always really looked at it this way. Especially if you're kind of like, if you have mental con- kind of control over mm-hmm. the situation where you can be like, okay, am I going fight, to like, fight this guy or what? So when you choose to engage. When you want to fight the guy, you're going to say, you know what? You said the wrong thing to me and I'm mm-hmm. going to square off or to my wife or whatever, you know. So I'm going to choose to square off. Now, all you, did, you what you did is you took on all the potential results of that. You took all that on. Even if you win the fight, you get arrested, like everything, as opposed to taking on all the potential results, probably, you know, it that come with not engaging, which include going home safe. Your wife's safe. Everybody's safe. Wake up tomorrow just like you would the other day. And then compare that to jail. I'm injured in some way. Um, I, I can't, you know, I can function less tomorrow. If I even make it home tomorrow. You know, death, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When you kind of consider the outcomes that you want and the reason you're going to make one decision over the other, it kind of, it comes real clear. Even though at the time it's so powerful because you're like, oh, man, I don't want to whistle out in front of everybody or my wife, you know, it's my honor in front of my wife. But your wife wants you to leave. Your mm-hmm. wife doesn't want you to be like, hey, yeah, my husband got in a bar fight. <laughs> Woohoo! Like, I'm so proud of him, you know? No. Your kids are like, I'm glad you're home, Dad. Yeah, you know? I'm yeah. glad you're not in the hospital. You know, that's another thing that comes with, I think, with training all the time is we all know where we stand. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. if, the, if there's a person that's going to beat me in a bar fight, I know him. Like, it's a famous fighter. It's a famous jiu-jitsu player. It's someone that is a known public figure that is known for fighting. That's like, who's going to give, if it's a civilian that doesn't train, I mean, they they don't, they're they're not going to stand a chance. Now, if four of their friends jump in, of course, you're going to have some issues. Well. But yes, yes, the, uh, the best thing to do is avoid. But does your wife, when your wife knows that you train every day, that you get after it every day that you're physically fit, physically strong and knows that you could destroy that person. Does she look down on you when you walk out of there? No. She's like, well, I'm glad I married an actual man instead of an idiot. Right. And it's not that big of a deal. Like, Hey bro, if you want to fight here, come to this gym. I'll be there tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Yeah, we'll go, but I'm not going to fight out here and get arrested by you or ensued by you after, after I put you to sleep. And then I make it so you can't, use your arms anymore yeah. forever yeah and even that i mean really let's really admit it even doing that like hey you want to fight i do want to fight you 
right? But I, you know, I'm a smart fighter, so yeah, come yeah. to my gym. If, even that, that's, that's like that's, 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 kind of that's a, a little move. boy move. Yeah, yeah that's true. exactly. As far as moves go, although hey, look, I'm not. If someone does that and posts it on the internet or something like that, or comes, come on, let's face it, we all want to see that. <laughs> a part of us wants to see that. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, you gonna see the bully get beat up? I yeah, guess. yeah, that's pretty common. But really, at the end of the day that's not the decision. The decision isn't. You're right. Because it goes back to what I said, that earlier question. If you're secure in your manhood, yeah. then it's not that big of a deal to go, dude, you're drunk. Carry on. I'm out of here with my wife. We're going to go back to right. our house and carry on with our lives like normal people. Yeah. You can find another person to get in a drunk fight with and end up in jail let later. Me, let me ask you this. You can be honest. Even as a full-grown, secure man, if you found yourself in that scenario and you're like, now me and my wife, we're going to go home, there's still a small party. Of, of course. Like, oh, I wish I would have well, just... F- well, especially when you enjoy fighting. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. When fighting yeah. is fun. Yeah. And actually, you know, um, one of the guys at the gym who's uh, um, Brown Belt Mike, I don't, he doesn't train much when you're there. Anyways, Mike. Yeah. Mike. I yeah. train with him, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's... He usually goes in the morning. Y- yeah, he's usually there. But anyway, anyways... Um, he had somebody like say something to no uh somebody somebody like smacked his girlfriend's ass like what like he Please brought his girlfriend into, into the bar yeah and he does muay thai of course and he's jujitsu player I mean, he's a badass dude mm-hmm. um he walks in the bar and this guy just straight up just bam slaps his girlfriend's ass and he like turned around boom one two to the head dropped the guy knee to the face out I was like yep boom got arrested he paid eight thousand dollars or something and, and did like 72 hours in jail i mean it was it was legit like yeah. and, and he and he talks about it i mean just to show you like a different and, and that's why like his attitude you know i talked to him about it and he's like yeah you know the guy crossed the line and, and i had to put him down yeah and i was like yeah okay yeah and and that's a, that's an awesome story by the way it gives me like a, a for real like fucking mike you're the man but yeah but let's face it though that wasn't the right move as far as before you do it. Yeah. You, I mean, you're right because we don't know what could have happened. Yes. We don't, we know what the actual outcome was and it, yep. it was like $8,000 yep. and his wife, girlfriend, girlfriend, okay. just his yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Don't, don't mess with Mike's girl, man. Well, I'm just saying if you have a <laughs> wife and then on top of that, if you have like a kids, the $8,000 oh, scenario yeah, yeah. seems more detrimental. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, so I'm saying this is why you treat people with respect. Yeah. You know, because otherwise you never know who you're messing with. And Mike doesn't look like he's a big intimidating guy by any chance. What does he weigh? 170? I'm thinking of a different guy. I realize it, but... Um, well, well, Mike's 170. He's tough. He's a tough bastard, too. I mean, on the mat, he's tough. Yeah. But he's he's like 170. And you know what? He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, really good with a gi, and he wrestled. Like, he wrestled in high school. So, yeah, and, he's, and he trained Muay Thai. So he's just a tough dude. Yeah. And you don't know who you're messing with, and boom. But the interesting thing is, and you know this, I know this, when you make eye contact with another person in a situation like that, you already know if they train or not. You're like, oh, this guy trains for sure. I'm in for it. You know, this is going to be, it's going to be on. That's awareness from the training. Yeah. But still, awesome story. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Don't do what Mike did. Yeah. But Mike, keep it up, though. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, no, Mike, don't do it again. Yeah, don't mess with Mike's girl. Jocko, were you very disciplined as a kid? 
And was there a set day or moment when you saw how important discipline was and decided to do it? Well, as a kid, I think I was, for the most part, a kid. <laughs> I was not some extremely disciplined kid. I was I was pretty stubborn when it came to certain things, which may be some kind of an early immature form of discipline, you know, just being hard-headed. But I think as I got older, I saw... The first thing I remember along these lines is seeing a lack of discipline around me. I didn't identify it as people having discipline. I saw like a lack of discipline. I saw weakness. I saw drugs. I saw alcohol. I saw laziness. And I I started to get after it a little bit, right? A little bit, a little tiny bit. But there was no role models. There was no internet. There was no guidance. I And I didn't have the sense to... To go to the library and and find Bob Hoffman's book, How to Be Health, Happy, Healthy, and Strong. Like I didn't know to do. I didn't have the sense to do that. And so we did some basic things. You know what I mean? Some push-ups. You know. And and if, the the push-up workouts that I did when I was 13 years old are laughable. Mm. Laughable. I mean, I think if I did. You know, a set of 50 push-ups. I was corner, you know, boom, I'm the man, right? No, you are the man, 13, yeah. 50. And and we did some silly little, like, kind of barbell, dumbbell circuit training kind of thing. Now, I always liked the military. I recognized that as a some kind of a trait of discipline in there. And I looked up to military veterans. I knew one Marine Corps drill instructor. And if you know anything about Marine Corps drill instructors, so now we're talking 85, 86, 87. There wasn't any wars going on. But, you know, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, he's a Marine Corps drill instructor. He fit the part. He was the, like just perfect Marine Corps drill instructor, which most Marine Corps drill instructors are pretty damn perfect. It's an incredibly, incredibly honed job yeah. that's very well choreographed. Yeah. And very and very structured, and it's a it's a very fine, um, it's real tight. It's up, real tight. Right? It's yeah. a real tight situation. If you're a Marine Corps drill instructor, yeah. and I knew one right when I was a kid, and I just looked at him, he was like a god, right? This guy is a Marine Corps, drill. and and of course he had, I think he had like a '68 Camaro, so he had a muscle oh, car, so you know he was, was just dope. like just the man. And so now, so I got that going on, and then. Then there was the hardcore bands that I started listening to, and they seemed to have some kind of, there was something there, right? I recognized something there. I recognized something with Black Flag. I recognized something with a band called Slapshot. I recognized something with the Crow Mags, and I, I saw there was something in there, and I... And I I, 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 I couldn't, I can't, I didn't know what it was, but it was some kind of strength, Right, mm. some kind of discipline was in there. I I didn't put it all together though, and there was no sort of unified way to go down this path. It didn't. I didn't find that, and I don't know if I found it. If it what it would look like to me, you know, maybe you could say that that path was. The Boy Scouts, right? The Boy Scouts are a disciplined group of individuals that learn how to hike and hunt. And I mean, so was that it? 
I don't know why maybe I didn't identify that or I didn't have the right personality because I was kind of nonconformist right a little bit you know a little bit of a rebel so I didn't put it all together um and I had some little flashes of like being hardcore with some of the things I did that would be like you know kind of getting after it in some really minor way some 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 minimalistic level of discipline mm. But it wasn't until I started training in earnest to join the Navy that I started to what we could recognize now as getting after it a little bit. You know, it's and again, it's nothing compared to what people do now. What definitely not. But, you know, now we're talking 1989. I was running through marshes and being covered in mud and I was swimming in the ocean and I was doing pull-ups and push-ups and dips and sit-ups and again it's nothing compared to what I do now or even what everybody does now but I was doing what I could with what I knew at the time and I didn't really have any idea of what I or really what people in general were capable of like I just didn't know I didn't know I never would have thought a good pull-up workout is 500 to 1,000 pull-ups. I, I I wouldn't have thought that. You know, for me, I did three sets of pull-ups, and I was kind of the man, you know. <laughs> so I just I just didn't didn't know, and I guess I guess you could say I didn't even have I didn't know to even explore those those outer limits of what I was capable of, you know, which is a bummer. Um. Now, also, you got to remember, I didn't even know another person that did pull-ups. Like, there there wasn't, like, pull-up bars around. There wasn't, uh, you know, I'm out in the woods somewhere. (laughs) In the woods in New England, there's no pull-ups. People people aren't like, hey, how many pull-ups can you do? I never heard that question. And I didn't know anybody that swam in the open ocean. I didn't know anybody that did push-up workouts, right? I don't know. I was just in the sticks. And so when I joined the military... I was a blank slate, really, for all practical purposes. And it was really easy. They say, you do this. This is what you do. And you get advanced. This is what you do to be ready. This is what you do. And I realized very quickly that the harder you worked, that the more disciplined you were, the easier your life was, the easier your job was, the easier your day was, the easier your physical activities would get. And when I got into the teams... And really going through buds, when you're going through buds, and when I finally met guys that were going to buds, and we started doing 100 pull-ups, and we started doing 150 pull-ups, and we started doing 200 pull-ups to work out, and then it was like, oh, wow, you can do a lot of stuff. That was getting ready to go to buds, and then you go to buds, and uh, you know you realize that you that people, it's not just this individual like um, spiritual awakening. Like, no, you just realize, hey, you can do a lot of pull-ups. People can. It's not that big of a deal. And everybody knows you can find that out on the, you don't need to go to Buds to figure that out. You can figure that out. Just, I'm telling you right now, (laughs) you know what I mean? And all you need is to have that knowledge. But I continue to realize that being disciplined, all these things, waking up earlier and working hard and training hard and keeping your gear squared away and studying the material that we were supposed to know. I realized that that work, that discipline made life easier and it made us freer made me freer and 
the more time I spent in the teams, the more this came embedded in my head. And not only as an individual did I realize this, but I realized this very quickly. Well, not very quickly, but as soon as I started moving into leadership positions, I realized that the more disciplined a squad was or the more disciplined a platoon was, the better that squad or that platoon was going to be. And that's kind of where the evolution mm. the evolution of it yeah man it's that whole process that I'm finally I don't want to say finally but right now it's starting to become clear where the whole you know you're going to pay the price you know at some point you're going to pay the price for your actions so if you're going to prepare like let's say i'm gonna get in shape mm-hmm. right you committing to working out every day that's you paying a certain price like dis- having the discipline to do it you're gonna pay the price waking up early is not comfortable working out hard every day it's not comfortable you're gonna pay a little price right there the next day or the you know in regards to the results of that workout you're not paying the price you're reaping kind of rewards right or you cannot pay the price early with the workout and stuff, but you still got to, that tab is still outstanding. So when you balance due, yeah. So when it comes results time there, that's, that's when you're going to pay your little price there, your body, your health, whatever. Mm-hmm. At some point you're going to have to pay a price. Pay now or pay later. Yeah, man. So and I vote pay now, pay now you get way more benefit. Cause like no one remembers I, well, we do. Some of us do. We, I, I don't remember and take pleasure in remembering the time I skipped that workout because I wasn't feeling like doing it, you know? Like, that doesn't provide a, a sense of pleasure in my life to think back on those days, you know? Yeah, it's not good. And at the same time, when I think of, like, the detriment of doing the workout when I didn't feel like it, that doesn't – that's not a bad memory to me, you know? When I do think back of like, and or think even now of like the result of being in better shape than the, you know, the average person, or or going to jujitsu and not gassing or or whatever, mm-hmm. bringing in all the groceries at one time. <laughs> Let's face it, that's something. <laughs> that is a sense of pleasure that I have the freedom to be able to do that when I when I want, you know. Yeah, and you know what else is interesting about this is sometimes I hear this, um, and you did this a couple times tonight, right? People go, well, yeah, but you're Jocko, mm-hmm. like, like as if I'm as if I'm not a normal person. Mm-hmm. But you're I, not. But yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like, you know, I just kind of went through like this story, and and it paints a pretty clear picture that I'm a pretty normal person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's pretty normal, but I made decisions mm-hmm. along the way that maybe weren't normal, and that maybe opened the doors to being a little bit not normal yeah but there are choices that you can make so so I'll, I'll have this with my kids too or you know who else sometimes i'll have them i would have friends will say sure. that would say you know well yeah you're that's you you know like i'd say no if you want to win this fight for instance mm-hmm. you want to win this fight man you gotta you gotta do this you gotta get after this you got well, you know, it's not that easy, and mm-hmm. and that's that's what you would do, but you're you're you, and and that's you know, it's almost like yeah, it's unachievable. Yeah, right? it doesn't, doesn't apply to and me. I, and yeah. and my kids will say that to me, mm-hmm. you know, my kids, and I think it's actually a pretty big detriment 
that they think that I'm not that that oh I do it but but that's because I'm me and I'm you know, it's it's like them, not right? true it's not yeah. true and so you know occasionally I I have I hear people say that and I go man this isn't like I guess it, it's kind of like what we were talking about the other day with someone saying oh oh that's a good picture you took what kind of camera did you use yeah. well it's kind of like that I'm like you know oh I, I wake up early it doesn't it's not just because you I just gifted, gifted that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or I, I work out a lot. Oh, just because you're super motivated. Right. No, like no, that no, was no, no. gifted to yeah. you at oh, some I point. I just am born motivated. Yeah. Right? No, actually, I'm a person. Yep. And I grew up yep. you know, a person. Yeah. And so, it, but it makes it very clear that these are just choices you can make and you can get after it. Totally true. And I would say that it does, when I say, one, well, Anytime I would say consciously and meaningfully say, well, that's you, is if I would be talking about a way of achieving like the same thing. Like you would do it this way. I would try to do it this way kind yeah. of thing. If yeah. I was confident that I could get the, the results, you know, yeah. like whatever that yeah. is. But um, wh- when did I say it today about you sleeping? You're yeah. you. Yeah. You can do the four-hour sleeping right. thing. Right. Or So more so than you can do the four-hour sleep and still function, I meant you're into the four hours, five-hour sleep thing. Yeah. Which is cool, but and I, and I realize there are some genetic points in there. I believe, right? Yeah, I believe that there are some genetic points in there. I believe there are some genetic points in in everything, right? And I've told you this. I have m- one of my daughters who is most similar to me, both physically and mentally, sleeps about the same as I do, if not less. Yeah, one of my other daughters who is most physically and mentally, well, physically more like my wife, she sleeps a lot. Yeah. And so there's a, and my wife sleeps more than I do. And so there is a genetic component to it. I believe, and I've read articles and people send me Twitter articles all the time. Oh, you're one of these, you know, fast sleepers, the 2% yeah. of the population, all sure. this stuff. And I'm just saying, okay, yeah, that's great. But then people say, oh, well, you just work out every day because you're super motivated and that's just good. Or you just train jujitsu all the time because you're just super motivated. It's like, okay, yeah. Well, you know what? Great, great, great. Yeah, Yeah. I I think you're absolutely correct. And even with the sleeping thing, that is like – because, okay – Ultimately, yeah, if you don't have to sleep as much as the next person, sure, that's an advantage just because you have more time. That's it. It's not like, you know, someone would would be like, hey, other than that reason, be like, hey, it's cooler or it's somehow more beneficial for me to sleep five hours rather than my normal eight. Like, so, I mean, that put it this way. If someone wants to choose to sleep four hours just because you do it, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Now, that being said, what's awesome is there are a bunch of people uh, on on the interwebs, a bunch of badass troopers that have are are I, I retweet almost all of these because people go, hey, you know, I'm I lost thirty two pounds. Mm-hmm. Hey, I lost forty two pounds. Hey, I you know did my first squat today with three hundred pounds. So, so and 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 there's no difference in what they were doing before. 
and what they're doing now yep. fundamentally in their in their genes right. or their or their physiology what they did is they decided to make these decisions yes, they decided that they were going to go out they decided they were going to step up their game they're going to decide they're going to wake up early they decided they're going to clean up their diet they decided they were going to get after it and when they do that all of a sudden boom Results. And you know what? You fast forward like six months, and people go, "Well, you just do that because you're super motivated." And yeah. they'll be they'll be thinking, "You know what? No, I'm not. I'm yep. I'm a person. Yep. And I choose to get after it. Yep. <laughs> I recommend you all choose to get after it. And I encourage that. And it, you know what? It's not easy. Yep. It's not easy. There's the nagging weakness that is pulling you down. Yep. You gotta shut that thing down. I think I was talking to my friend Anthony about this yesterday, and I always mention this. Okay, so decision making, right? We're wired this environment right now. We're wired to not get after it in our brain. <laughs> we're wired for the short term payoff right now. Mm-hmm. In times of scarcity, you know, I yeah. don't know if I mentioned that, yeah. but you're wired to you better get it while you can. Food, mate. Rest. Rest. Everything. You better get it when you when you and your body starts to adapt to that environment because it's been going on for so long. So it's like, man, if you're tired, that's your body telling you something. You better get that rest. You see some food, some fat, a lot of calories, um, you know, fat, sugar, a lot of energy. Whatever. You better get that. You better eat it mm-hmm. now. Now, physiologically, you're like that. And yeah. mentally, you're like that. You're wired that way. So my point, hyperbolic discounting. All that is, is choosing the short-term payoff over the long-term payoff. Oftentimes, when the long-term comes, you regret your short-term payoff decision. Most of the time. Right, yeah. So, it's a spectrum. You know, there's some, some, some things are more or less detrimental. So, discounting is when you choose that short-term payoff. You can tra- trace back all your success and failures to making that short-term payoff decision over the long-term payoff. But here's the thing. Here's my point. It, bro, the odds are kind of... When you say it's it's not easy, this is a fact. It's not easy because you're not... Why? You have to learn. You have to be trained out of discounting, hyperbolic discount. You got to be trained out of it in one way or another, whether it's from, from somebody, from your environment you're in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if everyone's, if, if everyone's eating healthy around you, it's very unlikely that you're going to be like... Oh, this is how you do it? Okay, I'm going to not do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really unlikely. So you can get trained by that way, by your environment. But the point is you get you have to be trained out of this way of thinking because you're wired for it. And all it is is the short-term payoff versus the long-term payoff. Like I said, you got to pay that price somewhere. You might as well pay the price short-term now. and get the benefits for the long-term, you pay know, now. rather than discount. But we're wired against it, so that's why it's not easy. But it, train yourself out of it, man. You know how you train yourself out of it? Discipline. Get after it. Get after it, yeah. All right. It's true, though. It's absolutely true. Speaking of instinct, is it possible to train instinct? And can we trust it wholly in fighting and in leadership? Well, first of all, instinct is, is, is it's like a voice. And it's a voice that you can listen to. And it's a voice that you should listen to. And you have to get to know your instincts, right? You have to get to know them. You have to know how accurate they are and which ones you should listen to and which ones you shouldn't listen to. And it's real. Like with fighting, it's very obvious. With fighting, you train to a point that your instinct knows what to do. So if someone gets in 
digging for an underhook on you, you 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 swim to defend that underhook. If someone gets the underhook, boom, you put on the wizard, right? Those are just instincts, and it's good, and and it's good to have those instincts. It's perfect. Now, sometimes even in fighting. Your instincts are actually wrong. And I'll give you a very good example of this is rolling with a guy by the name of James Nielsen. Have you rolled with James before? Many, many, many. Okay. Many, many, so many. James, black belt's been training forever. He's got a different jujitsu, a different jujitsu, weird jitsu. It's weird. It's different. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you have to remember when you're rolling with James is that your instincts are likely wrong. (laughs) It's crazy, but your instincts are likely wrong. And I know that that, that, that's a blanket statement and it's actually true. For instance, he wants you to pass guard and get a cross side. He he wants you a cross side, which is crazy in jiu-jitsu. So your instinct to get past his guard and get across side and dig in deep with your with with head control on him and having his arm, he that's what he wants you to do because he has a whole series of moves that he does from there. Now, much like we were talking earlier about a long lanky guy that does moves that no one's used to, James does moves that people are not used to. And the moves that he does capitalize on your instinct yeah so for instance when you trap his head from across side and you want to put your arm there and you put it there and that's your instinct he wants you to put his arm there because he's going to get a hold of it trap it and he's got a sweep or an arm lock he's going to set up from there so that's the thing you have to recognize and you have you can't just blanket obey your instincts all the time because sometimes your instincts are going to be wrong that's the way it is. And it is definitely the same thing in leadership. And when using instincts in leadership, the first thing that you kind of have to do is you have to become aware of your instincts and you have to pay attention to them and pay attention to what you're thinking and paying attention to what your instinct is and note your instinct and then look at the after the post-mortem and see if your instinct was correct or incorrect. Mm. And and then you've got to see how often you were right with your instinct and how often your instincts were wrong or what your natural biases are. For instance, you got some people that are their their instinct is too positive, right? Oh, you know, we'll be able to get this done. Mm-hmm. And, and how often are you right about getting it done? And then you got some people that are too negative. Their instinct is too negative, like we'll never be able to get this done. We shouldn't even go. No, maybe you're wrong there. There's some people instinctively. They trust people too much. Mm. So they go, oh, Echo, I know he's going to handle it. I'm just going to give him the project. He's going to run with it. He's got it. And there's some people that instinctively don't trust enough. And they go, man, I'm not gonna, Echo's not going to be able to handle this. I got I to gotta micromanage him. And so those, those, two, those are examples of learning what your personal instinctive biases are so that you can calibrate them correctly. And that way you can adjust your biases and you can mitigate their impact and you can utilize them and give credence to them and understand them and utilize them to the best of your ability. And both leadership and fighting, both of them, as the more you do and the more you pay attention to your instincts, the better they're going to both become. 
Now, that being said, there's another kind of instinct that you need to be on the lookout for. And this one is a liar. This one is a saboteur. This one is a backbiter. And like the devil himself, he's a shapeshifter. He's going to disguise himself and make you think he's got your best interest in mind. But he doesn't. This is the instinct that says you've had enough. This is the instinct that says you've, you've, you've given it your best shot. You can, you can stand down. You can back off. You can take a knee. This is the instinct that says you can rest now. Do not listen to that instinct. Do not listen. That instinct is a liar and wants to bring you down. That's the instinct that's a a defense mechanism. It wants to give you an out, a place to run to, a little, a little place of sympathy, an amnesty, a little place of amnesty where everything is forgiven, where all these, these failures can gather together in comfort and drown their sorrows in lies and in deception. And they tell each other. And they'll tell you, you did the best you could. No, they'll say the deck, the deck, the deck was stacked against you. And they'll say, it's not your fault. And they'll tell you, it's okay to stop. It's okay to settle. It's okay to give up. And that is the instinct you need to fight. You need to push back to smash into the ground. Do not take the easy way out. Do not give up based on instinct. If you are forced to stand down, to retreat, so that you can rebuild and reattack. So be it. But make that decision based on logic. Not on the instinct of surrender and defeat. And you need to train that instinct. Your instinct. Train it to say, get up. Go. Fight on. And if that is what you become, if that becomes your fundamental reaction to adversity, if that becomes your gut instinct, then you will overcome just about anything that stands in your path. And I think that's about all I've got for tonight.
So thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and for supporting the podcast. And now Echo is going to tell you how to do that in the most efficient way. Yes, the most efficient way. Yes. Well, we'll start with an efficient way. We'll say that. Okay. Anyway, Amazon, click through. Anytime you shop at Amazon, try to remember, if you can, go through the website, click on the Amazon link. Then do your shopping. Yeah. And, and by the way, it may seem small. We get a little tiny percentage, yep. but it is true. When you add all those little small uh, percentages together... It, it provides us with something to help us out with the podcast. Yeah, very supportive. So it's very supportive. It may not seem like a big deal, but as a group, it's very supportive and it's very helpful. So yep. and even, don't feel like you're not doing anything. You are absolutely supporting the podcast. Yep, agree. And that is yeah, factually true. Indeed. A thing to help you with that, kind of make it even more, well, I guess, more official. It's a cool, it's a cool little way. Trooper tool. Amazon. Chocolate Podcast, Trooper Tool, Chrome extension for Amazon. Just go on the website. It'll say a little thing, Trooper Tool, Chrome extension. Click on that. kind of downloads this little extension. goes on your browser. It automatically supports the podcast when you shop through Amazon. So you don't even have to remember to click through the website. You don't have to go to the website anymore after that. It does it automatically. And you got the tool, too. It's pretty cool. It's official. And it helps. Helps, yeah. Helps with what we're doing right here. Yep, very much. Um, and then, of course, you got to support yourself, I think, some some good supplements, which is saying a lot because there's, you know, there's a lot of not good supplements <laughs> out there. On it, supplements, the best. It's like, it's not even really a debate anymore, really. No, I don't think it's a debate anymore. Given like what we're trying to do, what all of us are trying to do here in the yeah. group. If you're in the game, there's, there's no real debate. Yeah. So... It's not like you're not going to find a power gainer 5,000 chocolate protein tub of powder. It's not that. It's like legit supplements. <laughs> Alpha Brain, Nootropics, proven. They got all the literature on there too, by the way. Krill Oil, the best quality, eco-friendly produce. Anyway, it's the best supplements by far. Um, Onit.com slash Jocko. You can get 10% off, so you support yourself as well. Shroom Tech. Shroom Tech, yes. Recommended. Highly recommended. <laughs> highly recommended. I, I told a story last time about the about the krill oil in joints, about my person. Bro, I'm telling you, the krill oil, even if you don't even realize it, I didn't even realize it, but when after a while, when you take it, you're like, man, it's, yeah, it's good. I feel good. good. I feel, yeah, I feel real good. Um, Shroom Tech for, yeah, if you're getting after it, high intensity stuff for, you know, any kind of prolonged period, that's going to help you. Notably. You feel it. You, yeah, you'll feel it. Helps you utilize like oxygen better in your muscles, something like that. I'm not the scientist behind it, obviously. You can read about it if you want, but that one's a good one. Anyway, check out all the supplements are 10% off, and they're all legit. And I don't know if a, a Warrior Bar is even a supplement, but it's a bar. It's a food. I guess. Yeah, it's like a food. I, oh, it's good though. Um, check that one out. Check that one out. Rest assured, you'll like how it tastes. Do yourself. Check it out. That favor. That favor, yes. Yes. Um, those are some ways. Also, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, of course. 
if you feel like leaving a review, don't like hesitate to leave the review. Just leave the review. Just do it. Like if you feel like doing it, you know, you're like, eh. Like I could say this about this whatever thing where you're like, eh, like I won't. And you I'll might be thinking, oh, dude, dude, well, those guys aren't going to read it. No. Yep. I'll read it. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to take some input and be fired up. It It's motivating when people are fired up and leaving reviews. It's a connection. Yep. And it makes me go, you know what? I'm going to get this thing a little bit harder. Yep. When he's like, yeah, Jocko's very articulate. Makes Jocko want to be even more articulate. <laughs> right? Yes, it does so, indeed. So yeah, man, do that. And, uh, you know, if you're and it helps, helps do that. It actually helps the ratings or something with, with iTunes when there's more reviews. So why do we want to have good readings? Ratings? So then it gets bumped up. Why do we want it bumped up? So more people listen to it. Why do we want more people to listen to it? Because we want more people getting after it. Yep. We want more people to do better. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want more people in the game. Yeah. I want to get more feedback. I want to talk to more people. That's yep. why. When I see Brady Lanter <laughs> at his jujitsu class saying, I just got after it, told me he lost 30 pounds, takes jujitsu now. That's what we want more of. That's my, what I want that, more that's of. That's it. And I'm assuming you want that's the same it. thing. That's why. So ultimately, it, it really comes yeah, down to I'm that. I definitely, I hate to use the word motivated, but I guess there is no other word. I am definitely motivated by the people that are making their lives better, that are the people that are getting better physically, by the people that are getting better mentally, that write me an email or, or send me a note that says, oh, had to use some, had to use some flanking on my boss today. Yep. Got him. Yep. But that is good to go. Thousand percent. That's what I like to hear. When someone says, Hey, Echo, can I use your and Jocko's likeness in a thing on my bulletin board for my students to employ extreme ownership? Can I do that? Just the fact that that's a question he wants to ask makes it. Just, just like that's I talked about today. For. You know what's interesting? So I talked about today. I didn't know about getting after it when I was 13 <laughs> years old. Imagine somebody being in a classroom and being like, Hey, you want to get after it? Here's what you got to do. Yep. Here it is. Here's a couple guys. They're getting after it. Yep. You know what? Why don't you get after it, 13-year-old boy, 13-year-old girl? Why don't you make something happen? You know what? You know there's people that do 500 pull-ups a workout? They don't do 28. 28 doesn't mean anything around here. Step up your game. So exposing the world so that people can do better, do more, be more. Mm -hmm. That's good to go. Yeah, if you had more people being less abrasive, losing their temper left, or less um, ex exercising extreme ownerships and mm -hmm. discipline in all things, oh, yes. pursuing freedom through discipline, that is a better place across the board. You might even go so far as to say unmitigated daily discipline in all things. Yep. So that's the ultimate goal. Also, subscribe to YouTube. If you want, we'll add some more videos on there. Aside from just the podcast video, add some more videos on there. And we have been. And I think that we, not you, Echo, but we, the rest but, of us, yeah, yeah, I think on. we can motivate you more to make more videos. Because every time you make a video, like when you, when you, not just a clip of the podcast, but when you make a legit video, I'm always like, yeah, and I think a lot of people say the same thing. And there's actually a lot of troopers out there that are that are making badass videos too. Yes, who is that? Gene, Gene Roderick. Gene Roderick makes some killer videos. Yep. Can we put his videos on the Jocko Podcast page? I think I 
did. Uh, dang, I haven't put videos on there in a while, but um, yes, we can. We should and yes, do that. Yes, we will. We yeah. should do that so that everybody can see all the trooper work that goes out there. You know what it does too? In this small little way where, you know, how like, okay, you'll say some words. Mm-hmm. You'll say, you'll say mm-hmm. what you say. And I take it a certain way. I'm like, dang, that really hit me. It resonated with mm-hmm. me. Other people, other words might hit them harder. Or less hard or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if people have like video editing skills, you know, or they know how to video edit and, and yeah. stuff like that and put tracks and do that stuff, when they put it out, it's a, it's kind of – it is a representation of how those words hit them. Yep. You know, it, like it, you make a decision to put a certain type of track behind what you're saying mm-hmm. for a reason. So it's so interesting to see, dang, that's how that – hit him you know in this feel this feeling is how it hit him and it's like dang you kind of get a different dimension of it it's Bro, cool it's too deep. because uh for me i'm i don't hear my words right yeah, i don't hear yeah. my words right then i i hear my words with with the same thing you're saying like the way it's entering their brain because when you make ears. a video yeah. right when you make a video it's a reflection of the what's going on in your mind yeah and so like some of those videos that Gene made, I was like, "Oh, yeah, like yeah, like yep. it's going, it's taking me inside his head and what it appears to be from inside his head, which is awesome to hear yeah. and awesome to see." Yeah. So yeah, we should get those. And he had a couple that went didn't go through the copyrighted material. I don't know if he took the wrong songs or something, but yeah. it was a bummer hey, man, because yeah, some of those were awesome. That's yeah, that's part of the battle right there, I think. Yeah. But hey, hey, you know, which whichever. Um, but anyways, what I was going to say is I think the more people that are YouTube subscribers, I think the more motivated that you will personally get, that's my opinion, to make even more badass videos. That's my opinion. Well, like you think it might get like a competition. Who can make the better one? No, 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 no. I I, I, I don't think that. I think you're inspired by those videos the same way I am that other people make. But I'm saying I think you will just be motivated more the more people like you know when you say a video has just been uploaded by Jocko Podcast and you yeah. know that it's going to 50,000 people. <laughs> you'll be yeah. like, boom, click, boom, click. Right. You'll start getting after a little bit more. Yeah, and true. And personally, I want you to get after it more. That's <laughs> <laughs> the direct approach yes. dig it the pro yes. there's one it was like one of the original ones that someone else made i hate that i can't remember like the names of the people who did it but it's the one it was to um the pacific soundtrack oh yeah it was yeah. one of the original ones awesome. bro I'll, I'll admit bro i was drinking one night just Back in, in the front day. of yeah it was yeah it was a long time and, ago and you made drink that made you drink even more bro i was drinking some i was playing that i was like bro i'm feeling this so deeply right now i played like literally like eight to 12 times just in a row like dang this is so like just because you see they're clips from movies yeah. they're clips from this and it's it's a it's a mashup and you know the the music and here's the thing it's not like hard core music it's not it's just it's like man it's it's really good um and i think like I said, that's like such a good way to see not only just your words, but how someone else heard them, interpreted mm-hmm. them, and put them back out there. It's awesome. And you're like, dang, it's like a whole other dimension. Anyway, um, yes, I, I'll get more on the YouTube for sure. I'm already more on the YouTube. Yeah, you are. But uh, I'll keep it up. I'll keep it up. I'll do even I like more. that. I'll do some more. We'll do some different I'll probably start stuff. making some videos. Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, please, I won't. Please, no, please. I won't. I can't do it. Also, to support this podcast in the event of you being in the mood to support this podcast, you can get some cool stuff. I think it's cool. 
at jockostore.com. T-shirts, they have multiple layers to them. Not physically, psychologically, philosophically. They have multiple layers to them. All of them. Some Easter eggs, too. Um, shirts, travel mugs, and bumper stickers. Now, new stuff that's available right now. Well, may or may not be available. It might be sold out. But... <laughs> They could be on back. Order. You can order it. You can order it. Yes. Um, new stuff. Rash guards. I thought it was for jujitsu, but therefore, everything. Therefore, lifting like CrossFit, especially running, is a is a good one. Like bike, biking, basically everything that rash surfing. guards, you know, spandex type shirts are for surfing. I think primarily, really, mm. but lifting, whatever. Um, and of course, jujitsu. Rash guards are cool. Check them out if you like them. Boom, get get one of those or two or whatever to support. And uh, stickers. And then jujitsu patches. And just patches. You know, you can sew them on. They're iron-on, but you sew them on as well mm-hmm. for, you know, um, you know, put on your bag, what have you. Jujitsu patches for your gi. That stuff. New things coming within the next, what, week or two. Women's. Tank tops. I think they're actually live pretty soon. I think so, too. Um, but, yeah, there it is. You know, all good support that way. Yep. And that's yeah. all uh, awesome we appreciate that support. That is a cool way, you know, to, to help us out with what we're doing. Also, another thing just came out is a little something, um, a little Jocko white tea. If you want to get some of that, it's pomegranate and it's somewhere. I don't know where it came from. I don't know when I started utilizing it, but I've utilized it for quite some time now. It's live on Amazon. It is live. It's live Dang. on Amazon, so okay. go ahead, get on there, order it, and get your white tea on. That's what I'm. When you see me drinking it here, I'm, if I'm not drinking Alpha Brain, I'm drinking white tea, and white tea is definitely what I'm drinking during the show. So give it a try. You might dig it. Um, it's available on Amazon. You could probably click through. Unless you have the Trooper tool, then you can just hit it <laughs> yep, just hit and it. get some of that Jocko White Tea, which uh, we've been. You've heard me talk about for a long time now. Here it is. So, Also, oh, yeah, by the way, I wrote a book with my brother Leif Babin. Good if book. you want to check that out, actually, y'all brought it back onto the bestseller list, which is awesome, and we appreciate it. Um, Go ahead, pick up a copy if you don't have one. If you got people in your life that you want to help them get in the game. There you go. Just a little something for you. Cost mm-hmm. you 20 bucks. And, and you get your... You help somebody. There you go. So that's good. And of course, hey, if you haven't heard yet, October 20th and 21st in San Diego, California, we're having the Extreme Ownership Muster. Two days of Get Some. With Leif... And me, live, going deep on combat leadership, on the battlefield, in business, and in life. Come and get it. The amount of troopers that are signed up, it's going to be killer to have everybody together. All different industries, companies, businesses, firefighters, police officers, a whole the whole gamut of people that are in leadership positions that want to learn that want to share that want to get better so come on out to the muster 
extreme ownership come and get it and as always if you want to keep on kind of kicking it with echo charles and myself we are all up on the interwebs twitter boom instagram yep facebooky we're there echo is at echo charles and i am at jocko willink and finally to you first those in uniform military police fire those of you holding the line train hard be vigilant be aggressive and be balanced in your approach and also to those of you that are out there working and i i travel the country and i spend time with you folks as well you folks that are out there working that are building that are making things from construction workers building roads and bridges and buildings to those of you building or remanufacturing engines or building cars or trucks to those of you that are out there building the next generation of technology hardware and software that's going to make life better i meet with you all the time i see what you're doing the builders the makers thank you for working your ass off to build the world and everything in it and to all you troopers out there living life driving and grinding and doing the work give it everything you got put your head down grit your teeth and get after it so until next time this is echo and jocko out